taking it all the way down. I am taking it all the way down. And she is taking it all the way down. And this is taking it all the way down. Taking it all the way down. I am taking it all the way down. And she is taking it all the way down. And this is taking it all the way down. Hi, welcome to this week's episode of Breaking It All with Dante Picante and Janine. Welcome, welcome, welcome back. So we are going to start off with what we're watching weekly and what have you been watching, Janine? Um, I've been watching, so I started, um, I don't know if you want to call it The Proud Family or Louder and Prouder. Since it's like rebooted. I mean, it's Proud Family. Okay. But the Proud Family, so that launched on Disney Plus, I want to say. During Black History Month. Yeah, most definitely. I want to say it was like that last week in February or yeah, something like that. Something like that. It was like a Sunday or a Wednesday. Uh-huh. Um, but I watched that. Loved it, loved it, loved it. I think it's absolutely funny how like they like introduced the show or mm-hmm. introduced everybody or reintroduced everybody yeah. as far as like Penny and Zoe and La Cienega. La Sienega, like apparently went through this whole like um ugly pub- phase. yeah puberty ugly phase but yeah. no I think it's really cute I think they made Zoe way too pale they made her way too pale and you know <laughs> the thing is is like I re- like when I hear their voices like Penny and La Sienega mm-hmm. and Dijonay they all sound the same like when we were all fucking kids but now Zoe just sounds different she looks different yeah sounds different it's it's very weird and then what was the guy's name that used to hang out with him with the Missing Michael? No. Not 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 the one that hangs out with him now. The one that used to hang out with him back in the day. The one that Dijonet had a crush on. Oh, Sticky. Listen, I was like Scooty, Skippy. <laughs> what is his name? Sticky. <laughs> so I was kind of sad that he wasn't in it, but I mean, we all understand it was Orlando Brown, Brown that was AKA Skippy crazy. And yeah, we just know that he's not in the best mental capacity. So that I know that Disney was like, nah, girl, we don't we don't want you. <laughs> so I get that and writing him off. But yeah, I thought that that was really cool how they kind of caught us up to speed with the Brown family and what the fuck was going on with them and how everyone kind of like grew up yeah if you my, will still my question is how old fucking are bb and cc bitch because they still look like kids they still look like the babies and i'm like right i'm confusion yeah but i'm very confused about that part I, I do like the new character his name is michael and mm-hmm. he is part of my tribe so he's gay and i love that that you know especially on a disney channel because right. i know that the parentals don't really like to see a gay character on a tv show but i mean it's 2022 so i did like that um i love that the gross sisters are still the gross sisters still the gross sisters still they're like where's that lunch money mm-hmm. hand it up yeah um i didn't like this new girl that they introduced oh so like sticky oh, oh. sticky moves name? out of his house yeah. and and like his cousins, the are girl like, that's played by Kiki Palmer. Yeah, I don't like her. I, I don't feel like her she, or her brother. I feel like she just gives off a persona of Miss Attitude all the time, twenty four seven. You know, something's always wrong with her, like that type of thing. Although yeah. I thought the episode oh, where her name is Maya. Maya. Yeah. I, although I thought it was kind of funny how Penny was trying to be her friend because it's like Penny's just known for just 
being friends with everybody yeah. and just being likable. And she's just like, mm-hmm. I don't like you. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. Yeah. I don't like Maya. It's just, and then she doesn't even look like a proud family character. Right. She looks like a character off of like the fucking boondocks or something. <laughs> like she just doesn't look like she fits into this proud family mold. So of course. And of course, like her and La Cienega are like buddy, buddy. Yeah. Of because course. like in the episode, the newest episode that I just watched is where like, um, what is her daddy's name? Penny's dad's name. Oscar. Oscar. Yeah. Oscar has this has this basketball team and, you oh, know, yeah. his best player gets hurt or whatever. And so then Penny steps in. And he's like, oh, my God, like, who taught you how to play basketball? He's like, you did. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, hello. And she's a badass at basketball, mm-hmm. which I don't know if you know, noticed, but she had the number two on. And that was in reference to Gigi. Kobe Bryant's daughter, Gigi Bryant. Oh my gosh, mind blowing situation. Yeah, no, so I did not know that. She was wearing the number two um, when she was playing basketball, and that was um, supposed to be like, you know, in reference to Gigi Bryant, who passed away, RIP girl. Yeah. But to like, you know, celebrate her. Oh. But yeah, no, I thought that was really crazy. And then, but how Lassie Anaga tried to steal her man, Penny's man. Typical. Right. And I'm like, girl, you fall back. Fall back. Where the fuck are La Cienega's parents? Like, they were very right, present involved in, in the Proud family. I feel like her time will come. Like, some type of storyline or yeah. some type of episode's going to come where, like, her and Penny kind of have, like, a more moment where they did. Like, I feel like they had more moments in the past, too. Yeah. Whereas now it's, like, Maya's in the picture, mm-hmm. whatever They're trying call to get it. us up to speed with all these new bitches that they want to put into the fold. Right. That part. But, yeah. Um, I thought, I mean, I think overall it's, like, starting out very well. I'm not. I haven't been super disappointed with any episodes. Yeah, I think they're definitely more like focusing on today's like quote unquote problems with yeah, influencers, current, current events that are going right. on in the world. Like the influence episode, I'm like, I could have lived without. But oh my, well, I kind of could have lived without it too. The only reason that I liked it is because I could recognize the voice. It was Bretman Rock, who is very well-known in the social media influencer realm with YouTube and okay. his Nike campaigns and his Croc campaign. So I thought that was cool, but agreed. I could have did without it. I kind of got like the underlying story too of really making sure that you're not fucking brainwashed by all this social media and the social media yes. platforms that are going on. So I got the message, got it completely, but yeah. I mean, it wasn't my favorite either. No. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely like a more millennial um, episode for sure. Agreed. But I mean, but for sure, I think they're doing good as far as you know rebooting the show. Listen, they're doing okay. I'll not. I won't say they're doing good because here's the ultimate gag: when they do these remakes, I need the networks to know that they're making the shows for. Us, the people that been watching the Proud Family, <laughs> the OGs. The, hello, don't make this shit for kids right now. They don't fucking know. Okay, they're they're gonna be like, well, what is this show? And I get that we can introduce them into Proud Family, but okay, you didn't you didn't know about Proud Family back in the day. You didn't know about Proud Family when you had to motherfucking wait on a Friday night till six p.m. because there was no <laughs> such thing as like DVRing and all right. that good shit. So I just need the new kids to take a back seat because the Proud Family, Loud and Proud, is for my black ass and everybody that is around my age, okay? <laughs> that part. Um, 100% agree with you. But I do like it. It I would rate Proud Family, Loud and Proud, a 7. <laughs> a 7? Okay. Yeah. I mean, it because to your point, 
I'm not, I mean, I like it. I'm just not a hundred percent sold yeah. on it. I'm, I don't like go out of my way and, and find it when it comes out. I can watch it when I have time. Oh no. I'll probably like actually like look it up, especially when I don't have anything to watch. I'm like, right, okay, that's let what me I mean, see. Okay. But I'm not going to prioritize it over any of my other shows that I'm like motherfucking die hard about. Right. No. Okay. I feel you on that part. A hundred percent. Um, um, go ahead. One show that I've been watching that I forgot to mention that I watch religiously and anybody that knows me knows that I am a hundred percent the person that is dedicated to this show through and through. So what I've been watching on a weekly basis, even sometimes more than on a weekly basis, but I am a huge fan of RuPaul's Drag Race, literally any type of RuPaul's Drag Race. So right now RuPaul's Drag Race season 14 is going on. And they just wrapped. Yeah, season 14, bitch. And I watched every single season. I actually own every single season, too. Oh, my God. That's just... I'm dedicated. (laughs) And, you know, RuPaul is honestly probably one of my, like, inspirations, one of my heroes, one of the people that I look up to, just because of all the things that he has done in the LGBTQIA community. And they also just wrapped... RuPaul's Drag Race UK versus the world and they announced the winner and I mean I, I was okay with who won the person that won was Blue Hydrangea and I'll break it down just a little bit on what RuPaul's Drag Race UK versus the world was so RuPaul's Drag Race now is literally an international phenomenon so there's not just RuPaul's Drag Race in the US but now there's RuPaul's Drag Race in the UK there's RuPaul's Drag Race in Italy there's RuPaul's Drag Race in Holland RuPaul's Drag Race in Thailand there's dang listen bitch there's RuPaul's Drag Race probably in every fucking (laughs) country that you can imagine except for Russia but RuPaul's Drag Race UK versus the world was literally that it was a few UK drag queens from that specific, um, I guess, platform that would go against everybody else. So the US, they had two people from the US, they had one person from Thailand, one person from Holland, two people from Canada, and I think that that was it. But Blue Hydrangea, she won, and she was from RuPaul's Drag Race UK. I really wanted Mo Hart to win just because black, but... I mean, I was really fine with Blue Hydrangea winning. She was kind of the underdog, and I really, really lived for everything that she did. But the reason why I wanted Mo Hart to win is because, again, black. But she also just brought the looks this season. Like, the her finale look was, like, jaw-drop-a-rama. Like, it was beautiful. It was, like, this orange moment, but it looked like it was almost like a dedication to RuPaul because it looked like something that she would wear. The hair was right. The makeup was right. It was just right on point. Then Blue Hydrangea's dress, it was pretty. It was a typical drag gown with the stones and the the jewelry and all of that good stuff, but I really was just rooting for Mohart to win. Then with RuPaul's Drag Race season 14, I have so many. This, I will say, and I talk about it with my husband all the time, is this season, I would personally say, is probably one of the strongest seasons because right now they have eight left out of 14. And the eight that are left, I'm like, bitch, I don't know who the fuck's going to win. Mm-hmm, because, it's like a close one. Yes, they're just all so good. I mean, there's two people I could count out just because I don't think that they're very good. And they also 
don't have any wins. Well, I'm going to eat my words because Deja did win. She just won this past episode. But prior to that, she had no wins. And then the other person I just know is not going to win is Jasmine Kennedy because she doesn't have any wins. And she's been in the bottom three fucking times. Actually, I think this is her fourth time in the bottom. So it's just not looking good for her. But the person that I want to win... I don't know. It's a it's a fucking tie. I really like Willow Pill. She's beautiful, and I think that she's so quirky. And I think a lot of the girls counted her out this season. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would really love for her to win. But then okay. Bosco, who is also another bitch that's just amazing, she could possibly win too. But this last episode, I don't know because. What happened is there's this game that is like a drag gay phenomenon. It's called Snatch Game. And what you do is you, as a drag queen, you imperson a specific celebrity to to play on the Snatch Game. And you basically have jokes with RuPaul. And the people that they the girls played this episode were horrible so there was like William Shakespeare there was Betsy DeVos who was the previous secretary of education who did a horrible job under the Trump administration there was Tammy Brown who Hmm. is a previous RuPaul's Drag Race contestant there was one other person at the top who am I forgetting at the top I'll come back to that then there was Drew Barrymore Gwyneth Paltrow, Little John. Little John's impersonation was so fucking funny. And that's, I think, why Deja won. And then last but not least, there was Ozzy Osbourne. I'm forgetting someone, but clearly they weren't that fucking funny because I can't remember. (laughs) But all the girls were not funny. Like, nobody was funny. The jokes weren't landing. The back and forth with RuPaul, it wasn't funny. The only person that was funny was Little John. So that's why Deja won, but... I don't know. Next episode or next week's episode is going to be deep because the girls that didn't win, they have to lip sync against each other to essentially stay in the competition. Mm. So I am really fucking scared on who's (laughs) going to get eliminated because it's going to be deep. But yes, I love RuPaul's Drag Race. It's very good. It's on VH1. Obviously, I give it a 10 out of 10. Actually, no, bitch. I give it an 11 out of 10. I'm I'm dedicated. I just love everything RuPaul's Drag Race. But yeah. What else are we talking about? Um, Salt Lake City reunion. Oh, let me get comfortable, bitch. So I don't think in the last one we talked about, I think the last um, podcast we just talked about how it was was just the last episode. Uh I don't think we talked about any of the reunions. No, we didn't. I don't even think we talked about the last episode. So the last episode is... I mean, nothing really happened except for yeah. that fucking party at the end. Yeah. When everything kind of came to fruition. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, this uh, reunion, though, is it's getting, getting a deep. Little, yeah, it's getting spicy. It is. Everybody is gunning for Lisa Barlow. Lisa just needs to go. And the thing is, is like, excuse me, I had to burp a little bit. Um, the thing that is, is... And I think Heather kind of talked about it is that Lisa just doesn't take accountability for anything. She She just puts the blame on everybody else. And but she has a hand in literally everything. Yeah. Every situation. Yeah. And she always would say, like, she's not in it or she's not the one, Mm -hmm. you know, she didn't create all this drama when essentially she really did. What did you think that 
or what was your opinion when you saw that Mary didn't attend the reunion? I thought she was weak and fake <laughs> as fuck for that shit. Okay, because listen, listen, I'm so tired of freaking Mary in her confessions talking yeah. all this shit. Yeah. And she always has something to say. But bitch, where are you at the reunion? I Bring just, it to the table. That's I, how I feel. A hundred percent agree. I think what it is is she knew that she was going to get dragged for yes. the things that she said. And 100%. she's like, I'm not gonna go. 100%. I'm not gonna go because they're going to talk about my church, which again, the girls think that is a motherfucking cult because it is. Um, they were going to talk about just her shady ass comments. And the thing is, is like you pride yourself on being like a woman of God and a preacher and a pastor, whatever the fuck you want to call it. But then you make these snide ass comments. Like you called Jen, a, a gangster, person, yeah, a, a gangster, a Mexican thug. Yeah. You called Heather, flat out fat you said with her little fat self Mm -hmm. and then you made fun of jenny's eyes and said that you liked that she had slanted Slanted eyes girl bye there there's just been so many things and again so i know the last episode i did say that i didn't know where i stood with jenny and her actual racial comments i wanted to clarify on that i know where i stand i don't fuck with jenny and i don't i don't have any like I guess, opinion against her. I just know that what she said was absolutely unacceptable. And I'm very glad that Bravo took a stance on deciding to not do business with her anymore based off of the racial comments. But I just wanted to clarify that I'm not confused on where I stand with Jenny or what my opinion is. I don't care about her and I don't like her. But I also on the flip side of the coin, I don't appreciate that, you know, there's people out there like Mary that would say, Oh, I love your slanted eyes. That's a that's a derogatory right. term or that's a that's a very biased thing to say. So And I honestly with that comment, I'm glad they honestly called Meredith out on it too because in that moment Meredith's like well I don't know if it's offensive I just personally I personally wouldn't say it okay bitch you personally wouldn't say it you know because it's fucking offensive exactly you know 100% and she did not and they called her out on it like you did not stick up you know necessarily for Jenny in that moment Mm -hmm. with that racial comment that your friend Mary made. I just like, need to know what Mary has on Meredith because clearly there's some, they just don't look like they are friends in real life right. outside of the show. And it's like, what does Mary have on your ass? Because clearly she has something on you. Something, something for you to be friends with her. Mm-hmm. Like, and it which is sad. Like you have to have something on somebody just to be friends with them. Yeah. But yeah, no, I don't know. And mm. you know, here's the thing that I want to talk about on, the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City is the whole Lisa Meredith gate. So here's what I was talking to Martin about the other day is I just could not be friends with someone, period, point blank, and then just talk about them behind their back yes. and say that they're a whore. They slept with half of New York City. They that my husband can't keep a home because he has a, a record, and that my family is stupid, and we just do all of this stupid shit like posing all the time. Right, it especially was, if I was friends with you for ten plus years. Right, like I just I don't navigate like that. Mm-hmm. I don't ever want to navigate like that. It's it's just very phony to me. Very phony and when it was brought up on the show and then she was like well i was clearly in a rant and this is the shit that i get so motherfucking annoyed with people with 
when they are brought a situation that they've clearly done wrong in. Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, the reason why I said that was just because like I had a bad day or, you know, (laughs) I got my nails done and it wasn't the color that I liked or I I forgot to take my medication, my diabetes medication. And that's why I said like it's just always like a right. It's a hundred percent an excuse or let me just use like some type of an excuse as a scapegoat. And it's like, no, that's not the motherfucking T. The T is you felt that way mm-hmm. and you said that. It doesn't matter if, if you were upset, if you were upset angry. angry on a rant. You said what the fuck you said and you it's inexcusable. It. Yeah. Right. You 100% meant it. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just not going to be your friend. So in that time, I 100% agreed with Meredith and I was like, you're dust to me because Lisa Barlow, you could just never be my friend. And then for her to kind of even spin it after and be like, I knew you guys were going to spin it that way. There was no spinning sis. Right. Like th- I don't even know if you saw, but like they were, they were going to cut to a commercial and like Lisa tried to go over to Meredith and she's oh, yeah. like, can we just talk? Can we just talk? What and do Meredith's, we need to talk about? And Meredith's like, no, I don't want to talk right now. Yeah. Like what is there to talk about? Like, I'm still very upset. She's like, I couldn't even honestly finish watching the footage. Yeah. Of she you said it took her an hour to watch. Yeah. Just, you know, you, freaking just throwing me and my family like in the fucking you know a hole essentially just talking shit yeah like i'm like i don't know like lisa in that moment still she's like she saw what she did wrong and she's trying to fix it but i don't feel like she's being like genuine yes she's genuine do- about she, it right it's a hundred percent an apology to her like, like let me just do it because i don't want to look bad bad that part because mm-hmm. like what's to say like if that footage would have never gotten out and Meredith would never seen that. I don't or think heard she would have ever said it. She would never apologize. Mm-hmm. No. She would have never apologized nope. at all. Uh uh-uh. uh. Nothing. I just don't feel bad at all for the things that are happening to Lisa. And you know, when I was looking at the reunion outfits, let's talk about the fashions <laughs> on the reunion because the fashions are something we also need to mention. So I hate, hate, hate Jen's outfit. Oh my God. Like it is the, the gloves. It's. Honestly, it's everything. Like, it's the gloves it with, like, the little crystals. And here's the ultimate gag. Maybe it would be a look if those crystals were real. But we know that they're plastic. We know that they're I'm plastic. Weak. And then I don't care for the feathers. Like, I just feel like the feathers cut off her neck. So <laughs> it just looks like a body with a head on top of it. Like, you know... It, I, I'll compare it to this. Like you, I know you can relate, Janae, because this totally probably happened when you would have like a set of Barbies and you would be like, oh, let me just take this Barbie's head off and put it on another Barbie to see like what it's giving. That's what the look looked like. Like it really looked. First of all, I never deheaded any of my Barbies. Okay. What the fuck? That's weird. Like I thought that's some what the Toy girls Story did. shit going I on right now. That's what girls did back in the day. That's funny. But I hate it. I absolutely hate it. I And I'm glad that they made her take off the gloves because it just looked tacky. Right. I just don't know what Jenny's always trying to prove or Jen Shaw is trying to prove per se, like that she has money. Like, I think that's what it is. I 100% that. Like how insecure do you have to be to where you feel like you have to be over the top all the time to that extent just to show that you have money? Well, and then on top of that, like I... To me, it's a red flag because I just don't know what assistant college football coaches' salaries are, but I just know that the salary is not enough to afford Jen Shaw's lifestyle. So, And I think Andy brought up like some of her like allegations, yeah. like stuff that's going on about how, is it her partner? 
Is it her business partner? Like how he now? Oh yeah, Stu. Yeah, and now he now is pleading guilty or oh, some shit. I think whoa. I heard something like that. <laughs> oh yeah, and so and so she's like, yeah. I, can't. I think she politely said to Andy, like she can't talk about it or yeah. something like that. But I'm like, oh shit, bitch. Like your partner's saying he's guilty. Like, uh, but I think I remember in the season she basically made it sound like Stu was the brains and yeah, he was a hundred percent involved and she had no knowledge of it. I don't know how you necessarily have a business partner and you don't know what your business your partner's, partner's doing. Doing if it if we're sharing this, that's like us doing this podcast that and part. you doing something completely shysty or me doing something completely shysty and one of us not knowing. Like right. I just feel like both of us are so involved in this yes. that there's no room for us to play that part. And I yes. and that's the part where I'm like I feel like your lawyers are involved because mm-hmm. any good lawyer is going to say you. Or tell you as the actual person to act or say that you had no knowledge in it so that yes. you don't make yourself culpable or mm-hmm. as guilty as the person that did claim guilt. So that part, I guess we gonna get into some things mm-hmm. about that. Mm-hmm. Yep. But yeah, that's what I've been watching. I think what part three. Yeah. The comes last out. part comes out tonight. Yes. So we'll have to talk about that. I think Lisa Barlow just has like a meltdown, honestly, or like a timber tantrum. I mean, she could just go. She honestly could. Yeah. She could. She could go. Um, I also don't really care for her reunion outfit either, just because, again, it's the fashions for me. It's just like she has like this really cute pencil dress on. Well, I don't really know if it's cute, but it's a pencil dress nonetheless. But then she has like these iridescent Louboutins on, but they're like stripper ish like they have like a huge platform on them and then like a really huge high heel in the back but then like i just i'm a details bitch i'm a hundred percent a details bitch and i saw like the you know how when you get a shoe and sometimes the tag or like the actual sticker will be on the bottom of the shoe yeah well clearly mamas couldn't get it off or she only got a piece of it off because you can still see like the tag part of the tag yeah and it's just tacky to me i'm a details bitch and i just don't like seeing those things and it was um Meredith looked a mess on the reunion. She looks like, honestly, if um, Harry and Lloyd from Dumb and Dumber made a dress out of their actual outfit that they made when they were going to the foundation um, ceremony where they were trying to find Sarah Swanson when they were in orange and green. So if we combined that look and then put it into a dress, that's what Meredith looked like. It was just, it's a hot boiling mess. She's not, she's just not fashionable. She's not. And I just, I just don't appreciate that. Oh my God. Um, what else? Teddy is teddying right now. She is upset that we are doing this podcast. Yeah. And she's not in here. And mama's is in her crate, but she'll be fine. (laughs) <laughs> um but yeah so it's salt lake city that's what i've been watching weekly uh-huh. um euphoria wrapped up yes it wrapped up what do you feel like how do you feel about that finale um it was some bullshit i know i was really in my feels yeah i just think that i wanted more and i mean i kind of had a feeling that they were going to leave us with a cliffhanger mm-hmm. which they did um but it was fine. Do we think Fez is alive or dead? No, I think that Fez is alive. I think that he's in jail. I think he's in jail. But I think that like 
what is going to happen. This is just me futuring some shit. Um, Lexi is going to find out that her man's is a drug dealer and he went to jail. I, yeah, I was living. Which, yeah. I was like really rooting for them. Lexi and Fez. Um, I don't know. Maybe you, I was, no? maybe it wasn't. You weren't? No. I, was. I don't know. I just think Fez is so fine that I just don't want him to be with anyone. Okay, Dante. <laughs> I was super heartbroken that Ashtray jo- died, but I mean, also... He is such a badass, though. Like, I was like, oh right, like, my how, God. How old is he? Yeah, like, because Fez was really trying to help him and really trying to tell him, like, no... Don't do it. Don't do it. But at the same time, we all know Ashtray. And first of all, why the fuck is that his name? Like, I I need to know. Like, and I also need to know why he never spoke on the show. Not not one word. Miss Thing never talked. He didn't have to speak, but he was a great at observing. That's for sure. He knew when you were going to be shady. Because that's the whole thing that got me. It was like, I was like, okay, what's this dude have on them? Or what's he trying to do, per se, to get them caught? You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, you know, obviously he was, like, recording some shit. And I was like, oh, damn. But he already stabbed him. Dude's just bleeding out I need to <laughs> on the couch and everything. what the fuck Lori is going to do. That oh, is yeah, the part that I am the absolute most scared about. Because I just feel like... She's been very quiet. Yeah, I... Whew, I'm scared. I'm fucking scared of Lori. Um, what's her name? Maddie finally beat up... Uh, Cassie. Yeah. And it was very well-deserved. Right. Cassie I think needed- Cassie just looked like... She looked like shit in that last episode. Cassie like, was going she was through it. Really was. Mama's was going through she it. She really was. Because once Nate told her it's over, blah, 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 in the middle of watching that play, she's like, you know what? All right. Right. I'm going to go my, up on stage. She pulled a rue <laughs> on her sister. She said, okay, we want to air out motherfucking dirty laundry or we want my life to be in yeah. shambles right now because my man just left me over some bullshit that you played on that damn stage. So, you know what? Let me get my ass up on the stage and be the real motherfucking villain. And she did just that. Yeah. Yep. And it turned into literally a live show. You know, it, it was it was so funny, too, because when she was walking up to the stage <laughs> and the mom saw her... The mom was like, oh, fuck. Like, here we go. Some shit is about to happen. She really was. And even mom couldn't control her. She was just like, nobody could control her. Nobody could. The only person that could have controlled her was Nate Jacobs, but his ass was gone. Far, far away. He said, I don't want no parts of this. What do you think about Nate turning his dad in? Um, I was not expecting that part. You know, Part of me expected it, but part of me didn't expect it. I was like, oh, just wow. especially because of like the conversation that Nate's dad, Cal, yeah, had with him and his brother, like at the stairs. I was like, oh, you don't care about none of your motherfucking family. You right. hate your kids. You hate, hate your, your wife. wife. You hate everything right now. So, I kind of felt like that was it for Nate. When that whole conversation happened. So he was like, okay, I don't have any loyalty to you anymore. Right. So let me just go ahead and turn you over. Yeah. I, I am interested on how that's going to like play out though in season three. Yeah. And I mean, we can completely speculate because rumor around is that it's not coming out until I honestly don't remember. I think it's 2020. 
four. What the fuck? Yeah, I think that's what I heard. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I heard. Okay, um, Zendaya. All right, y'all. I mean, Zendaya still deserves the motherfucking. She deserves all of it. She we need it as in day a day. Yes, we do really do. Yep, I all agree. Hail Zendaya. But, you know, so we've been watching that, um, Abbott Elementary. Yes, favorite, favorite, favorite show. So this last episode was, and ABC just be doing the stunts. So they played the last episode, which was like, I don't know, I think it was two weeks ago. Maybe it was a week ago. Right. But I know what you're about it's to say not coming back until... Like a while. Yeah. Like Cam was the telling me that month. shit. And I was like, the fuck? Are they like taking a vacation or something? Well, I guess they get like spring break too. It really pissed me <laughs> off because, again, I just love this show so much. It doesn't come back until the 22nd of March. Yeah. Okay. So there's Not that. This week, but next week. Yeah. What else? Right. And the thing, what I meant to say about ABC is like ABC just knows that they have a good ass show and they're like, you know what? We're just going to play a whole bunch of games with you bitches and (laughs) spread these episodes out. We're going to give you two episodes and then take a six week break. Then we're going to give you six more episodes and we're going to give you a six month break. Like, girl, could you stop? Could you just give us the whole fucking season? Um, But I really enjoyed it. This last episode was when Ava and Janine teamed up to be the step teachers for the class or the school. And I thought that it was super fucking funny because Janine, we know, doesn't have a lick of rhythm. (laughs) And Ava has all the swag. And I loved it. I absolutely loved it. You also kind of get a little peek into Ava's life and how her grandma is in some type of like an assisted living facility and how she was struggling with that. So I thought that that was really nice just to kind of understand why Ava makes up so much for it with being funny. Then, oh, this is the one that, or this is also a part where, or this is the episode where, The other teachers discover that Gregory doesn't like pizza. Like, he hates pizza. He hates a lot of things. And I can 100% relate just because I feel like I am a picky eater or a picky person in essence. I just, there's certain things that I like and there's certain things that I do not like. So when he was like, I don't like pizza, I 100% relate to that. Not that I don't not like pizza. I love pizza. So good. But... I hate meat sandwiches, like deli sandwiches. Those are... Oh, you're crazy. They're disgusting. Like, they are nasty, nasty, nasty. I can count literally on one hand how many times I've been to, like, a Subway. And when I go to a Subway, I honestly don't even know what I get. Like, it has to be something hot. Like, it cannot be a cold sandwich. Like, just... You're crazy. Cold meat. You are crazy. Something's wrong with you. It's just nasty. Like... No, it's not, Dante. No, it is. Okay, and I don't even really... I don't... I mean, mean, Subway's okay as far as, like, meat sandwiches go. Yeah. But Jimmy John's is my shit. I've never been. You're missing out. Oh, my God. I don't think I am. A BLT with avocado spread. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yes. so nasty. So good. That and also Subway was my shit back in high school, I will say. It was never my shit. Subway was my shit in high school. Mm -mm. A turkey sandwich. Ooh. 
No. Oh my god. That is disgusting. You're weird. Yeah. But yeah, I've never been to any of those places like Subway. I don't go to Jimmy John's. Don't go to Firehouse Jersey Mike's. Subs. Don't go to. There's Firehouse. like a lot of sub places now. And I hate every single one of You're them. You're crazy. But like a grilled sub, I would totally do. So there's this place. Well, they can grill them, Dante. No, 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 no. Hold on. So there's this place <laughs> called. What the fuck? <laughs> I just, it's just <laughs> disgusting. Like a meat sandwich is so nasty to me. Like, I feel you. Like, I don't fuck with Arby's. Like, what the fuck is Arby's? First of all, that's a, that's another topic for another day. But I need to know in the universe who the fuck is keeping <laughs> Arby's open because I don't understand. Yeah, I don't fuck with Arby's. But there's this place, my point was, there's this place called Charlie's and they do grilled subs. And I am obsessed with like their buffalo chicken sub that they do. It's delicious and it helped me through the 99s and the 2000s. But it's very good. But I'm sure Subway has like a buffalo chicken sandwich. They probably don't. Well, they probably do, but the shit's probably not cooked. They're probably like, here, try this cold no, they chicken. would warm it up for you, Dante. No, they, they would toast n- it. No. It, oh, my God. It just gives me the heebie-jeebies. Whatever. It's nasty. That's weird. Ugh. I, ugh, it's <laughs> so nasty. But back to Abbott Elementary, I related to Gregory in that moment because when I do tell people that I do not like deli sandwiches or meat sandwiches, I get the looks from the girls. And I don't, I mean, I get it, but I just don't get why you all love meat sandwiches or deli sandwiches they're disgusting and they're not very delicious um so yeah that is our segment of what we're watching weekly we're gonna take a quick break and then when we come back we will talk about our shows and tv i mean why do i do this every fucking episode our shows and movies that we've been (laughs) watching so yeah like in the can the Almond Promenade, like, have tea, have lemonade. Oh, like the, the Arizona? Yeah, I saw oh. it in the cans. Listen, it wasn't it wasn't Nothing connected. to you? Yeah, it 100% was I'm like, I just not. poured it in my cup. I was confused for a moment. Although I do have to put my own lemons in there. I, I'm, I buy like my own lemons, and I have to cut them up and put them in there. Excuse the fuck out of me. <laughs> I know, I'm fancy. Hi, welcome back. Um, so now we're going to talk about what movie and TV show. I really thought about that as I was saying it so they didn't fuck it up again. So this week I watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre on Netflix and I give it a two out of 10. It was trash. It was a hundred percent trash. I honestly, I should just give it a zero out of 10 because there wasn't not one thing that I liked about the movie. Maybe I liked that it was on Netflix and I didn't have to Pay, for, pay it. for it. Yeah. Maybe that's what I liked about so, it. So a question for you. So was this like a newer one? Because I don't think I've seen this on Netflix. Yeah. Well, yeah, it came it out. It came out during Black History Month. Oh, okay. So it came out in February. But I am a hundred percent a scary bitch. I love <laughs> a scary movie. Yes, he does. I love and I also like Texas Chainsaw Massacre mm-hmm. because it's just it's the it's enough gore and spooky and scary and then the whole based on true events kind of not right. really portion so i really like the texas chainsaw massacre 
um, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the beginning, the one like with Jessica Biel and then the one that was shortly after that one. Love those two. They were great. Didn't really care about the one that happened in like 2010, 2000. Well, no, it wasn't 2010. It was like maybe 2012. I know Trey Songs was in that. And oh, yeah. Yeah. That what one, you're talking about. Yeah. Like where it was like he was related to one of the girls that ended up acquiring the house. Didn't really care for that one, but it was still kind of scary. This one was just pure boiling trash. It was horrible. So. Again, it was about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Or maybe it was about just these fucking people going to a town and finding a killer. Or maybe it was just about absolutely nothing because it was stupid. It was fucking stupid. I hated it. So in this one, um, the movie starts out by playing some type of like backstory or true event, if you will, of a home video of how... The Texas Chainsaw Massacre began and the person became who he was and how only when the actual massacre happened, one person lived and her name was Sally Hardesty, blah, blah, blah. And now she's just in this. She's in hiding. Right. So that happens. That's like the beginning part. So then there's like a group of friends and I don't know what they are. They're like some fucking type of influencer. So they're like cooking influencers or something okay. along that line. Right. So, so it's already giving me millennial. Vibes. Yeah. It was a hundred percent millennial. It was generation Y or generations, <laughs> whatever generation it was, it was that it was not millennials because I think that we're millennials, but it wasn't yeah. us. It was a hundred percent not us. It was like the people below us. Sorry if I'm talking about you. Now I said you millennials, you Gen Z people. I'm sorry, but this, maybe you bitches liked it, but I didn't like it. (laughs) But so yeah, there's this group of cooking influencers and they acquire like this town, like they end up buying it or buying a whole bunch of property in this abandoned town. They buy it from the bank. And one of the guys name is Dante. And I, I thought I would be connected because it's like, oh, cute. I never really hear my name in movies. And if I do, <laughs> when I do hear my name, I'm either like the gay character, like in Get Hard, or I'm like a fucking criminal. I'm like the worst. Like th- whenever they say Dante, they're like, oh, we better make him a demon. So <laughs> I just knew things were going to be bad for this Dante in Texas Ch- Chainsaw Massacre. And that's what happened. So did you die? Bitch, yes. I, I was the second person that died in this Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Damn. I was mad. So, anyways, Dante is played by Jacob Lattimore. If you don't know who he is, he's an R&B singer, and he has some good boppianos out there. So, listen to him. Um, but it's in Harlow, Texas, which I was also confused about because I'm like, um, I don't remember the other Texas Chainsaw Massacres being in a distinct town like yeah. Harlow, Texas. So whatever. So they they end up in Harlow and one of the girls' names is Mel. And she goes into the buildings like where an orphanage is with Dante and she discovers, I don't know, I think it's the Texas Chainsaw Massacre's person's like mom. They call him Leatherface. So I'll just refer to him as Leatherface in this dumbass explanation that I'm talking about. And so... Yeah, they walk into this orphanage, Mel and Dante, and they discover Leatherface's mom, but they weren't really clear like clear on their relation. They just were like, oh, she owns this orphanage. And then you hear like this large 
or loud thumping sound. And she's like, oh, that's my, that's the like last person that was in the orphanage and he's not really well. And I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. I get this storyline that you're trying to put. Like Mm -hmm. everybody got adopted except for fucking Leatherface. And that's because, you know, this motherfucker eats people. Well, he doesn't eat people. He kills people people and wears their faces because that's totally fucking normal as a person that's an owner of an orphanage. So... Anyways, she or Mel was like really under the impression and Dante was under the impression that they owned all the buildings. But this lady, Leatherface's mom, let's just say she was under the impression that she still owned the orphanage. Like she still had the papers and all of that good stuff. She was kind of like a racist hoe, too, because when they were walking into the orphanage, they saw a Confederate flag and. The girls just know when there's a Confederate flag, you just don't like my kind or anybody that has like a tint to their skin. So and then she also like made this comment, like, I'm not a racist. I've always been respectful to Negroes. And I was like, so, bitch, do you want to fight now or afterwards? Like, I'm confused. (laughs) So Dante and this lady, they're like in a disagreement because Dante's like, no, I own this property. And she's like, no, I have a paper that says so. Dante decides to go get the cops to remove this old hoe from the orphanage. And she ends up like throwing up and basically falling out and the cops are like, okay, well we need to take you to the hospital or some shit. And they transfer to a hospital with Leatherface and Dante's girlfriend, Ruth. So Dante has a girlfriend. Her name is Ruth. I'm trying to remember. She doesn't really live that long. That's why I'm like, who the fuck is Ruth? But then I was like, (laughs) Oh, she dies really quickly. So Dante's girlfriend, Ruth, Leatherface, obviously Leatherface's mama and the cops, they're on this fucking ambulance. And this is like kind of honestly, this is where it just goes downhill and it does never it never picks the fuck back up after this. So as they're all going, um, she ends up like Leatherface's mom. She ends up dying in the ambulance. And I feel like that's the point where Leatherface was like, oh, well, she's dead. I'm just going to go on a killing spree because that's absolutely what he does. Like he ends up killing the cops in the back. And then he I think he like stabs the driver something and um, they end up crashing. They end up crashing the car and then he carves Leatherface carves out his mama's face and starts to fucking wear. It was fucking weird. Right. It was just weird. Again, mind you, Ruth's ass, who is Dante's girlfriend, she's still in the ambulance and like the cop van, whatever the fuck you want to call it. And she's like trying to call for help. But I'm like, I don't, I don't know. It was weird because I'm like, if Leatherface is still doing this like carving situation and he's wearing his mama's fucking face, I just don't understand why you just didn't run. Like, right. Just get the fuck out, out. the van. Don't run. Call for help. Just leave. Just go ahead and leave. So then as she's like calling for help on this little radio in the ambulance van, Leatherface eventually sees her ass and he kills her by stabbing her in the stomach with a knife. And that's the that's another thing that I wasn't clear on because I'm like, this is Texas Chainsaw Massacre, not Texas I Have a Knife in My Pocket Massacre. So You're like, where's the chainsaws at? Bitch, right. Where was the chainsaw? So Leatherface, he kills Ruth. So R.I.P. to Dante's girlfriend. So after that, they cue in the scene of Sally Hardesty, the bitch that survived the massacre 20-whatever years ago. Um, and she's still alive, and she's, like, 
killing, butchering some type of like animal. It was like a fucking pig. And then she randomly gets a call from someone basically telling her that Leatherface is, you know, free leather facing again. And this is her moment to get her revenge. And I just thought it was so corny and stupid. Like, oh, let's call the only survivor and be like, you know, your killer is he's alive and he's still doing like, bitch, I don't want to know. She's probably like, thanks for setting off my anxiety. Like this bitch was like, no, let me just be like the superhero of Texas and just go back to this, the city that I was apparently tried to get trying to get killed in 25 years. It was stupid. It was so stupid. And it just kind of gave me like Halloween vibes because, you know, like in Halloween, Michael Myers does his Michael Myers thing. And Laurie Strode is always like, okay, I got to go back to Haddonfield, Illinois and kill Michael Myers Mm -hmm. for the 17th time. And she ends up doing it, but he ends up still living. So it just kind of gave me that vibe. I was like, why did you call the survivor? Like, I thought that was so stupid. Um, So back to Dante. So Dante and Mel, they go back to the orphanage to find this deed because they're like, no, we 100% own this orphanage and all these fucking buildings. So I don't know what that old lady was talking about. Um, And... Um, Mel is just like another, like D- Mel is like the, the business partner of Dante, like they're influencers together. Okay. So Mel ends up finding the deed and it's in the old lady's name. And that essentially meant that the old lady was a hundred percent right this entire time. Mm-hmm. And Dante got her razzle dazzled for no reason. But then Dante ends up running into Leatherface in the house. So that was another part that I was again, wasn't clear on because how the fuck did Leatherface get all the way back to the orphanage when he was in the ambulance? I was just thinking that. I was like, so he couldn't drive. Listen, your <laughs> guess is as good as mine. I have no... Maybe he teleported back to the the orphanage. We'll never know because the story didn't tell us. I'm fucking weak. So yeah, Leatherface... Like, hmm. So again, remember I said Dante died twice. I mean, yeah. the second person to be dead so he kills ruth which is dante's girlfriend but then he's like you know what let's just keep it all in the family i'm gonna kill you now dante or yeah so that's what he does so dante runs into leatherface and dante gets stabbed in the face like his face is slices open so i thought he was gonna be dead because i don't know you just got stabbed in the fucking face and there's this pool of blood and you're just laying in it but no he doesn't die i'll get to that in a moment so Mel finds Dante just like laying on the floor and Leatherface is near him, but he doesn't notice her. So this dumb bitch, like in every scary movie, she doesn't go and try and escape. She just goes and runs back upstairs to hide in a closet because that's what happens in every scary movie. You don't try and escape. You just want to hide, right? So... I was just so, the game of hide to seek. It was so stupid. Like I just think of like real life scenarios. If I saw someone was dead on the floor, I'm just gonna try and find my easiest route to get the fuck out of this orphanage and potentially out of Harlow, Texas, because it's just not it. But that's just me. So then Mel tries to signal for help outside because there's people still outside in the world just not in this orphanage which again also didn't make sense to me and she ends up making too much noise and leatherface starts coming upstairs to the room that she was in and starts breaking down 
a wall. Like he goes into this wall and he's like, okay, I'm really going to be Leatherface now. So he starts breaking down this wall. And what is he getting? A chainsaw. Why is the chainsaw in a wall? I don't know. Do, do the producers or the people that wrote this stupid ass fucking movie know? Because it, it just didn't make any sense. That's not how any of the other Texas chainsaw massacres are either. Leatherface right. just has the fucking chainsaw in his hand. So I was like, why the fuck was it in this wall? It it didn't make any sense. So again, another reason why I didn't know. So then Mel, she... Um, so then let's just get back to Dante's ass. So as Leatherface and Mel are upstairs, Dante just again, I guess, gets revitalized or revived by the, the, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre gods because he gets back up and um, he starts walking down the street or stumbling down the street, whatever the fuck you want to call it. And he finds one of the contractors that they were doing business with and then just dies in his arms. So it was just, it didn't, right. Like it just didn't make sense, okay. Janae. Like, I'm like okay, okay. Right. I got stabbed in the face, but you know what? I have enough strength to walk down this street and fall into this contractor's arms and then just die in his arms. Cause that just makes so much sense. But then, like, the contractor guy, he goes to the orphanage, since that's where Dante came from, and he has a gun with him and starts walking upstairs into the bedroom, and Leatherface hides behind the door so that, you know, he can do a sneak attack or whatever, and... He sees Leatherface behind the door because there's a mirror in front of him. Okay. And Leatherface pushes the door open, breaks the contractor's leg um, with a sledgehammer. Hmm. Yeah. It, it, Not it, a chainsaw. No. Today, <laughs> I wish I could make this shit up. I really do. It was just all over the place. Oh, yeah. So he he gets his leg broken by Leatherface, and then the contractor dies by a glass shard that gets shoved into his neck by Leatherface. Um, yeah. A little bit wow. later, Mel, the girl that was hiding from Leatherface this whole time, she escapes finally from under where she was hiding, and she tries to quietly escape the or- orphanage by going downstairs, which doesn't work because Leatherface sees and hears her ass and he throws that same sledgehammer. <laughs> so like she's walking down the stairs. She gets to the bottom of the stairs. Leatherface sees her and throws a sledgehammer and she falls through the floor. I don't know how you don't die from that. Like it's a sledgehammer. Wait, she didn't die? No. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> what? She's- no. She's like superhuman. You know, everybody in this damn movie is, they have apparently nine lives. Maybe they have two lives. I don't know how many lives. They have plenty of lives because the first whatever Leatherface does to them, they don't die. So Mel ends up escaping and she gets rescued by her sister. So yes, I mean, Mel has a sister and her name is Lila, who just magically happens to be next to the vent that could be opened for Mel to escape from. So then Mel and Lila, they get back to the bus because I guess like a bus of investors came to Harlow, Texas. I don't really know why, but these investors, they're on a fucking bus and Mel and Lila go back to that fucking bus and it's now at this point it's like turned into a party bus i don't really know 
there was people partying in there. And anyways, yeah, they go back to the bus where the investors are and they're like trying to hide from Leatherface. That's what I was trying to do. And it's just dumb because why didn't you tell the driver to like start the fucking bus and get out of Harlow, Texas? Like, why are we just going to hide here instead of telling us to leave? Like there's a killer in this fucking town. So obviously Leatherface gets on the bus as well. And these idiots, like these investor kids, they're all investors, but they're all like, again, generation Z. Yeah. And they're like, oh, there's this really weird man that's on this bus and he has a chainsaw. Let's just take out our phones and video him. Like, it was so stupid. Like, why were you bitches not running? Like, they felt like it was a prank or whatever. So they all take out their phones and decide to record Leatherface. Yeah, it's a Gen Z thing. It's 100% a Gen Z thing. Like, oh, there's a scary person. We're not going to run for our lives. We're going to record it because that's that's (laughs) the thing to do. And he just goes on a killing spree. Like, he just starts killing all those little bitches. And Mel and Lila, who are hiding in the the fucking bus, they go to the bathroom because this bathroom, or because this bus has a bathroom. And it has an escape roof. And that's how they... They escape. How convenient, right? Like, they go to the bathroom. And the bathroom, it has an escape window that they can get out of. It's just on the fucking roof. So, obviously, Leatherface, um, also, after he's done killing or whatever, he decides to go and start sawing in the bathroom, too, because he knows that they're in there. But... Lila and Mel, they they escape and they run into Sally Hardesty, the fucking survivor Survivor. bitch. Yeah. And she has her little 15 minutes of fame and she says that she's going to be sheriff, save a few bitches, apparently. And she grabs her gun and goes looking for Leatherface in the rain. It's it's just it was too much. So Sally, she walks back into the orphanage and magically finds Leatherface sitting on a bed. How he got back to the orphanage from the party bus is also beyond me. So Leatherface, he's just like, it's like a dialogue that him and Sa- I mean, him and Sally have, but Leatherface just walks by Sally. And after Sally has her conversation with Leatherface, Leatherface walks by her and he just starts walking and he finds Lila and Mel in Sally's SUV and she shoots him in the shoulder. Why she didn't shoot to kill him or why she didn't kill him in the orphanage is also beyond me because I don't know why we need to have a conversation. If you motherfucking tried to kill me 25 years ago, I need to kill you now. So... Then Sally and Leatherface have a little tussle and obviously Sally loses and she gets a chainsaw to the stomach Mm -hmm. by way of Leatherface. But do you think she dies, Janae? A chainsaw to the stomach? Yeah. No. Yeah. This bitch didn't die? No. What the hell? She didn't die. She didn't die. Um, So... Yeah, Lila and Mel, (laughs) I'll tell you about. So after the whole chainsaw situation, so after um, Leatherface chainsaws Sally in the stomach, Lila and Mel, they try to drive away and they hit Leatherface along the way, but they end up crashing into like a mechanic garage. But Mel gets hurt like a a metal rod goes through her leg. Um, My God. Right. And she's telling her sister, like, you need to escape. You need to get out of here. Just let me die here. Um, And, of course, Lila doesn't listen. She hides until she 
until Leatherface tries to kill Mel because she's again pinned to this this fucking SUV with a pole. Yeah. And that's when Lila tries to shoot Leatherface with a gun that of course has no bullets because that's just how killer movies work. There's yep. no bullets in the gun. So then Leatherface <laughs> chases down Lila down the street of this damn town. Until she falls, because that's also how scary movies happen. It's like the killer is gonna chase you, and then you just you magically fall, fall on you, nothing. You like get tired, right? You get like you it was try just to so hide somewhere. stupid. She falls because that's just how everything works. Then, just when Leatherface is about to kill her because he's on top of her and he has the chainsaw, this is when um, a zombie apocalypse happens, and Q and Sally. Sally decides to come back and she starts to shoot Leatherface with a gun. That and, has bullets now. Right. She even has a dialogue with Lila and she's like, Lila, just get away. Just run. And I'm like, you just got chainsaw chainsaw to the... St- How are you alive, ho? So, <laughs> Janae, I can't make this stuff up. Then... um, what happens after Sally? Oh, she just dies. Like, after that, she dies. After she shoots Leatherface and he runs away and she has her dialogue with Lila. So, Sally dies because, again, there was a chainsaw in her stomach, but that's neither here nor there. Then Lila, she decides to go back to find Leatherface and his ass just pops up out of nowhere and tackles her into, like, this makeshift well. Like, there's, like, this hole in the garage or whatever and it has water in it and that's where Leatherface tackles her into. Um, Of course, Lila gets out. She can swim, so she escapes from this well or whatever and she grabs... A gun, but Leatherface also escapes as well because maybe, you know, he could fucking swim too. And (laughs) him and Lila, they get into like a little tussle until this bitch basically rolls over and gets ready for her fate to accept dying because Leatherface is bigger than Lila. And this is when Mel, she also magically escapes from having this fucking metal rod. Go through her leg. Right. Because Janae, that's what happens. Maybe it's just their adrenaline. Maybe. (laughs) But yeah, so Mel escapes and she chokes out Leatherface. Like she gets on top of him and like chokes him from behind. Yeah. And um, he throws her into like a pile of sandbags. Then comes here comes back Lila again everybody they're just tag teaming it yes they were trying to tag team him until so she shoots Leatherface Lila does she shoots him twice until he's at the edge of the well and then she runs out of bullets because she only had two bullets in this fucking gun of course but fear not here comes Mel because she's she's recuperated from being thrown into a a pile of sandbags Um, and she grabs Leatherface's chainsaw which conveniently was right next to the pile of sandbags that she was next to right Mm. and she just like grazes his chin she doesn't even like completely saw him. She just like nicks his little chin. And that was enough power for him to fall into the well of water. Nah, listen, <laughs> I'm like sawing his head off. Right. I'm like, sawing a right. limb off. There's, there's not going to be like a grazing of anything. No. There's going to be motherfucking Benny Hanna up in here. Right. You're going to be chopped suey. Yes. So that was basically the end of the movie. So the ending, they, they save the world. 
because Leatherface is dead. He's in his fucking well. So now they're driving off in a Tesla, mind you. And they're like, Tesla, take us home or take us somewhere. And it's autopiloting. And as soon as they're, they're driving away, Leatherface survives. He doesn't die. Right. I was like, so did he drown? No, he didn't. He We thought he did, but he didn't. So he shows back up and he breaks the passenger window open and like snatches Mel out of it. And when he grabs her out, he's like, dragging her and then he saws off her head with his chainsaw and this is all while the tesla is like in autopilot or whatever and it's just like so it's probably going two miles an hour janae i was like wait a and, second how the fuck like why okay yes okay. and lila's just like no as the tesla's driving away i'm like this is just so stupid because first of all teslas don't do that as an owner of a Tesla, that's not what they do. It's not just going to be like, oh, you broke my window and I'm just going to continue driving. And even if I am the driver, I'm not just going to let my car continue driving, driving away as my sister's head just got chopped off. So it was very stupid. And that's why I gave it a two out of 10. I absolutely hated it. And yeah, that just sounds like. That just sounds like they just kind of threw this movie together. Because not only that, but there's also like, it sounds like there's like a lot of women in this movie and like they were basically fighting Leatherface. There was. There was <laughs> listen, there was Dante. And Dante died real quick. Dante died. This He was the second bitch to die, okay? there was So there was Dante and then there was the contractor. I don't really remember any, oh, and Leatherface, but Leatherface is the killer. So... Yeah, I I don't know. I didn't I didn't like it. I feel like I wasted an hour and a half of my time and I should have known at that point that this movie was going to be some bullshit because I was thinking to myself, I was like, how are you going to make a scary movie in an hour and a half? Because I think about the yeah. the beginning like you need to give me a backstory you yes. need to give me the set the tone. Yeah, set the tone. Give me the characters. Where are the characters from? You need to give me essentially like the people that are around Leatherface and then you need to give me like Leatherface Leatherfacing then you need to give me like an escape plan or right. who's going to survive and then you need to give me like the ultimate climax of the main characters and Leatherface going at it then you need to give me the climax and then you need to give me everything after that and the end p- part and I just I didn't get did any this, of that did this end in like daytime or nighttime Daytime. So she got, oh, see, that (laughs) kind of pisses me off even more. (laughs) Like, what the? And the thing is, too, is like in the other Texas Chainsaw Massacres, especially the first and second one, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Texas Chainsaw Massacre at the beginning, you kind of get the impression or you get this feel that Leatherface has just like these twisted family members is yes. too. Like it's just like a twisted ass town. It's a whole, it's a yes, whole town. Like, on because it. his uncle was the sheriff his, and his, I guess mom or grandma. No, it was like his grandma. She was the one that was, I guess, keeping Leatherface and his grandpa was the guy that had no fucking legs. So it was, um. and then they had like a, they had like a neighbor, that fat lady from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. She was in on it. So it was like, in the other Texas Chainsaw Massacres, it was just like this town was twisted. It wasn't just Leatherface. Yeah, that just was the, the that twisted, was twisted one. Yeah, it just, it wasn't scary. And then there was also like, in the other Texas Chainsaw Massacres, 
Leatherface has like a layer of like where he kills all of his victims. And this one, it just seemed like Leatherface was killing you on the sidewalk. He was killing you in a party bus. He was killing you in a bathroom. He was killing you in the kitchen. Like it was, he was killing you anywhere, but his actual layer. We actually never even got to see his layer, which was another issue. Yeah, I know. That's weird. Because I also think about, which I know they're not you know, tied together with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but it makes me think about a lot is yeah. the House of Wax. Yeah. See, even that, like, you know, I just like, feel it's like, like there was a backstory. Mm-hmm. There was also House of Wax, how his brother was in, in on, on it, it too. There's, yeah, people within the town. Yes, like everybody was in on it. Like yeah. a, of this being a twisted ass town and this it it just gave me like very indie vibes like it was someone that was a director but they were like i'm gonna pay for this shit out of my pocket we don't have a like a production company that's going to pay right. for this because it's bullshit and that should have maybe been an indicator but i hated it wow oh yeah that sounds like a waste of money and a waste of time mm-hmm. i will not be watching this because a part of me was like hmm, maybe i'll go home and watch it and give like my two cents but now i'm like mm. no just you, hearing the way it ended in a tesla and it was daytime you didn't miss anything on, this bitch was on autopilot like, you did nah. not miss not one thing i'm good okay we're gonna take a quick break and then we're going to talk about janae's show that she wants to talk about we are gonna do janae's review now yes. so i am going to pass the baton to my sister Yes, and this one goes out to all the real ones. I I'm cannot with you. I <laughs> cannot with you. Um, no. So you'll probably hear in the background I'm playing a little Janet J. Yes. Janet Jackson. Because that's what I'm going to be talking about is the Janet Jackson documentary. Mm-hmm. Which um, this one I watched. Actually, I might turn this down just a little bit more. This one I watched was on Hulu. It's no longer on Hulu anymore because it expired. Oh. Which one did you watch? I watched the one on Lifetime. Yeah, but it was on Hulu? No, I watched it like when Lifetime, the channel. Oh, then we might have watched two different Janet Jackson. No, I think we watched probably the same one. Oh, maybe. It was four parts, right? Yes, it was. Okay. Well, maybe I just, you probably just watched it when it was live. But wait, you have Hulu plus TV, right? Mm -hmm. Like I have Hulu live. Right. That's why. So you... You watched it on Lifetime. You just watched it through the Hulu app. Yes, that part. Um, But it expired, so it's unfortunately not on there anymore. Mm -hmm. You probably might be able... I mean, it's probably going to come back on. I mean, it's Lifetime. It was good. It was really good. I really liked it. I also heard that there's another documentary about Janet Jackson on Netflix, too. I might have to go look that one up later on. Hello. I I might have to look it up, too. Um, But I loved it. A hundred percent loved it. I'm going to rate this one a... You know what? I'm going to say an eight and a half out of ten. The only reason I say an eight and a half is because I didn't finish it. I know I'll get to that part. Yeah. But I loved everything about janet jackson and especially with this month being like women's history month and you know you know just celebrating all the women she was definitely one that i was like wow she's an icon yes as a black female you know to start so young start from such a famous or well-known family and still make your own like Mm -hmm. living and i loved that i loved that you know that was really the basis of the documentary is really showing how Janet Jackson kind of got, got out of the entire Jackson mold and right. really created a name for herself because it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's 
probably super hot, especially when you have a brother like Michael Jackson. Exactly. Oh, that I part. bet it was difficult. Right. Just trying to fight least. for attention or, mm-hmm. you know, the, you know, spotlight, whatever you want to say it. Um, so um, it also just goes over just the Jackson family yep. itself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're from Gary, Indiana. Mm-hmm. Um, I... This is me, but I did not know. My blackest did not know that there was nine of them total. Listen, so <laughs> I knew, but bitch, I don't know the names. Like I, I listen, know some of the names listen. now. So there is, so the brothers Rand- are Randy, Randy, Tito, yes, Jackie. And as you can hear, we have a really long pause because bitch, we don't know the rest <laughs> of the motherfucking name. Obviously, Michael. Right. Um. But then I don't know the rest. And then we'll wait. So there's so that that's four. I feel like we're missing one brother though. So, because it was a it was a girl and three boys, and then a girl and three boys. Yeah, I know the girls. That's easy. So yeah. there was Janet, Rebe, and Latoya. Right. But I don't know the rest of the boys' names. So right. if I forgot your name, sorry. Oh, was there a Jerome? It might have been Jerome. I don't know. Maybe we'll look it up. Yeah. But maybe they, I'll look there it was up. a lot of fucking kids in the Jackson there family. There was a lot of kids in the Jackson family household. Mm-hmm. Their house was 670 square feet. Yep. Two bedrooms. So and it was three kids to one bed. Which they is had, wild to right, me. Right. Three kids to one bed. I'm like, my nigga, what? Like, I, I can't even fathom. I can't even, I cannot. Not only that, but they had a three-tier bunk bed, too. So three kids to one bed, three-tier bunk bed. But you do the math. Two bedrooms. I just think uh, every time you say three-tiered bunk bed, granted, I had a bunk bed when we lived in Missouri, but I think of the stepbrother situation. <laughs> like when they Dead try ass. to like make, make their, their own, own bunk bed and it collapses. That's what I think of yes. like as a three-tier because I'm like, bitch. The amount of construction that went into making a not one three tier but two, two three tier bunk beds that's a that's a lot of work exactly that's a lot a lot of work um, but they made it work mm-hmm. they made it work and little Janet she actually had to sleep on the couch um, out in the living room with I think her sisters I think her and her sisters like slept on the couch out in the living room and they even show like her little house and everything and it's, it was very cute very small and even she said she's like I can't believe we fit we slept in here in, yeah, yeah in this house I mean granted she's Janet Jackson and this bitch probably has a huge ass mansion and whatnot yeah. so it's like you know, very, you know, humbling to see, like, where she came from. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that you hit it spot on. It's just, like, them in that small house. Now the house is, like, historical mm-hmm. and people always go to see it. And it's, like, right. gated now with, like, metal gates so that people can't just, like, willingly go into the house. But it was such a small little house it that was. blows my mind. What also I thought was kind of cool, though, is that um, they were, that street that the, it's on is like Jackson Street. Mm-hmm. And I but actually it thought called Jackson right. Street. Yeah. And I, th- I which is crazy because I always thought like they named that after, you know, the Jackson family and whatnot. But she said that it was actually named that like before. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, wow. God just placed y'all there and mm-hmm. just knew what was going to happen. Yep. Um, but yeah, so they are. So it's actually kind of funny to hear like how they became like the quote unquote like Jackson I'm gonna say Jackson Five because that's just how I remember. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, and that's why I didn't know they had nine of them because yeah. I was like, wait, no, the Jackson Five. They ain't <laughs> not, there's not nine of them, you know. No, yeah. there's only five. But no, how basically their dad was working 
long hours, day and night. And when he went to work one day, I think it was his brother Randy. Yeah. One of her brothers, whatever, was playing dad's guitar yes. and actually broke one of his is it strings. Yeah, like one of the strings yeah. on the guitar. And so dad gets home and I'm like, oh, God, having like a little bit of PTSD. Trigger. You do something bad as hell or something you know you're going to get in trouble with. Oh, yeah, you're Mom getting and a dad butt whooping. <laughs> come home and you like don't want to like tell them what happened. Anyways, they tell them what happens, but they're like, hey, dad, you know, he actually plays a little bit better than you. Dad has them play. They put on a little performance. Dad's like, oh, wow. Oh, shit. Y'all can actually sing and do this stuff. Yeah. So dad just completely invests into his kids. What a great father. Um, And they put on their first performance. Their first performance, their outfits were very, very mismatched. And I wrote that in my notes because I was like, whoa. Like, what's going on? Yes. It was like flowers. Yeah. In one square and stripes in the next square. And it's like, but everybody had like a piece of like. It was like almost like a different like piece of cloth. Yeah. And everybody had a patch of it like in their uniform, but it was still completely mismatched. Did it the mom? Yes, their mom make the outfits? put together every single one of their outfits. That's nine outfits, you guys. Nine motherfucking outfits. Yeah. Because actually it might have been eight, because I don't think Janet actually started out singing with them. She was too young and yeah. performing with them. Um, well, they were just I think before they became the Jackson Five, they were the Jacksons. That's yeah. true. That was very true. Um, and then in 1971, they moved to LA and they moved into a suburb that was predominantly white. Yep. Um, and it was kind of cute. I, which I thought was kind of funny is because they had the neighbor on the documentary, and she was even saying how like, and she was older obviously now, but she was even saying how like she remembers to this day like when the Jackson family moved next door to her, and how like she just remembers seeing like these afros. Bitch, like, could you imagine? Like, no. The Jacksons. Yes. Living next door. Bitch, I wouldn't be doing nothing. I wouldn't be going to school. I need to focus on my neighbors. I need to know what they're doing. I need to get into that little circle. Exactly. Do you guys need some sugar? Do you need some soda? I made some lemon. Listen, I'm trying to get in there by any means necessary. Yes, but like I thought that was very, that was very cute. Very nice. Um, But then also what's very, I think, triggering is because around that time, you know, it's like blacks and whites were like, what, in, would you say integrated? But yeah, they, but there they was still were, like a difference. There was, exactly. And like, so people, they knew who the Jacksons were. Mm-hmm. But to me, in a way, I feel like the Jacksons kind of ended, not ended, but helped like solve this whole segregation thing. Because Everybody loved their music. Yeah. And when I say everybody, I mean blacks and whites. It's yeah. like you couldn't just not like their music. A hundred percent. It's like agree. the fact that they're black and you like their music. It's like, bitch, what are you gonna do? Yeah. Like, are you not gonna sing the music? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> you know. But then Janet goes on there to say that, like, you know, when she did go to actual school in LA, that like, you know, she was one of the only black girls in her school, and her teacher. Her teacher, y'all, would be like, oh, my God, can I touch your hair? Because she had, quote, unquote, Afro hair and curls. She didn't have straight hair like all these other white people out there. Um, And I was like, ooh, that's very triggering because then she even said, like, you know, they would touch her skin and be like, oh, my God, does it come off? Like, no, bitch, it does not. Like, that, to me, like, a touching of the hair and rubbing of the skin is just, like, 
It's a no-no. Right. Like, like, I just need to, like, really just mention it. No, you cannot touch our hair. Not today. Not not, yesterday. Not two weeks from now. Right. Do not put your dirty, disgusting-ass hands near my hair unless you're motherfucking cutting it. You've never... I don't think I've ever told you this story, but there was one time where I was out with some friends, Cam's friends and I. We were all out. Mm -hmm. And I think we were out for someone's birthday. Anyways, his friend Mario witnessed the whole thing and he, he was like distraught. Like, he was like, what the fuck? Did she really just do that to you, Janae? And I was like, yeah. Like... I know, like this. This is what I deal with. Welcome to my world. But it was when I had box braids, yeah. and this bitch, dead ass, came up to me. She was an older white lady, and she like grabbed, not like pulled my my braids, but like grabbed my braids and was like fondling them, and was like, "Oh my god, your hair is so beautiful." And I was like, I turned around so quick, and I was like, "Thank you, but please don't don't touch my hair. Like yeah. you have no right. Like I, I don't care how pretty you think my hair is. Don't fucking touch it. Yeah. You can give me the compliment without touching my hair." Yeah. A hundred percent. So I was just like very um, cringed out about that because I'm like, mm, I feel that. Um, let's see. But Janet Jackson's dad took over um, Janet because basically, was it the Jackson? Would you say the Jacksons? Yeah. They basically fired their dad. Um, yep. And so their dad saw a lot of potential in Janet. It was like, okay, well, I'm going to go with Janet and, you know, I'm going to make her a star and she's going to make me all this money. Um, and her father wanted her to be bigger and better than Michael. So it's almost like a big, huge, like, quote unquote competition, even though they're siblings. Yeah. And at this time, Michael was very big. Like, I think Thriller had already came out. Yes, and thriller, probably. Thriller was like... It. it. It still is it. It is still it. But just like even back then, it was like bigger than it, if that makes sense. Um, but she, quote unquote, like ultimately was kind of working for her father. Was working, so she didn't really get to get any input as to what she wanted in her music. Her dad basically controlled her music, her songs, who wrote the songs, what it sounded like. Like, even, I think it was the cover of one of her... Her albums, albums. like her first album. Mm -hmm. She wanted to use a different picture, and her dad's like, nope, we're going to use this one. So it just goes to show that, like, even though she was a quote-unquote celebrity, she had, like, no power over her own life and what she wanted to sing about and do, Mm -hmm. and even what she wanted her image to be. Like, that was all controlled by her dad. And I'm actually, like, really still shook that in the docu-series, if you will, she didn't talk bad about her dad at all. She didn't. I was really shook because I think the world knows that Joe Jackson's name has been through the fucking ringer. Yes. He's not alive today, but... We have heard horror stories of the way that he treated the Jacksons, mm-hmm. the way that he treated Janet, the way that he just treated his kids in general. Yes. So for her to still have like this utmost respect Fact. for him was wild to me. Yeah. That but part. I, I almost feel like she didn't talk badly about her dad because her mom is still alive. And she's like, I don't want to disrespect my, my mom, mom or the marriage that they had I by, can see that. by talking about him negatively in mm-hmm. the public. She probably can't stand that motherfucker. I mean, <laughs> we don't, but I'm pretty sure that she said the, the things that she said mm-hmm. or held back on the things that she wanted to in respect of him. Right. And she's very mom. careful with her wording. For 100%. Sure. Yeah. Um, well, I thought, felt was very sad and I didn't even realize this like I was learning a lot just watching this documentary I didn't realize how young Janet was when she got married um to her first her first um 
marriage to the DeBarge guy. Yes, uh, is it James? James? Sure. I, I I'll have to find it. I can't Anyways, remember. But to me, that was very sad because she she even said that she felt like she couldn't make her own choices. With like within her own life, without unless she was married, right? And I like was that like, that was a way for her to get, get away out. or get out. Yeah. Yes, and I was like, that breaks my heart because I feel like okay, like I'm engaged right now, y'all, and I feel like in order for me to even be engaged, like I had to find myself. Yeah, you know, I had mm-hmm. to find like who Janae is, what Janae wants in life before I even get in a relationship with somebody else, quote unquote, even going to marry them, yeah. like you know, for well, the I rest mean, of my life. Even in the documentary before she got married. To Renee, or maybe it was around that time because she was 18. I think mm-hmm. that's how old she was. But she was saying that she didn't even want to really be an artist. She wanted to go to school. Cool. Yeah. And her dad was like, nah, that's Mm-mm. not going to happen. What you're going <laughs> to do is get your ass up in here, record some songs, and become right. a superstar. Yes. So she gets married in secret. Mm-hmm. Um, she meets um, him. Yeah, it was James. She meets James um, on Soul Train. That's how they originally meet. Um, and the night of their wedding, James leaves her in Michigan, in the Grand Rapids in yep. Michigan, in like a hotel and doesn't return. Says he's going to return, does not return. And that's when she realizes like something's. He was so fine back in the day. He was very oh, good looking. Oh my God. It was the, <laughs> it was like the mullet little curls that he had. Oh, he was so fine. He was fine. very cute. And I even put on here that James gave Janet a re- euphoria moment because he literally did. Because she was saying how like, there was nights where she would go out on the middle, like yes. middle of the night, searching for him because he would not come home. Like she had no contact with him, and so she was literally out in the middle of the night, like in her car, searching the streets for her husband. And I'm like, oh, my heart yeah. like just sank for her. Um, she was only married to him for a year, um, so it didn't last long at all. And I think they got an annulment. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They got an annulment. Um, so good for her. But I just was so shocked that she was so young. Yeah. I like mean, I was like, oh, my God. Maybe it would have worked, too, if he wasn't addicted to drugs at that point in time. Right. Very well could have been. But um, then they start talking about the scandals about Janet having a baby. Yes. And so, I mean, obviously, I didn't think I didn't even know about all this scandalousness because obviously I'm young. <laughs> so just when all this stuff did come out, I'm like, what? I don't think she had a baby. But yeah, there was rumors going around that she had a baby and that her sister was raising the baby. Do you think that's true to this day, Dante? No, I don't believe I it. I don't think it's true I either. I don't believe it. Like, yeah, to your point, they, there were so many rumors that Janet had a baby. She gave it to her sister, Rebe. Mm-hmm. Um because Rebe ended up having a baby around the same time, and they said that that baby resembled Janet a lot. Right. And there was also other stories that she had given the baby up for adoption, and she just refused to let James see the baby. But I don't believe it, and the reason why I don't believe it is just for the simple fact that Janet Jackson has a son today that is, like, four years old with her current husband. So I just, I don't, I just don't think that Janet would have a baby back then she was 18 19 years old but then in retrospect decades later end up having a baby again and call it her first baby i just i don't believe that that's the narrative that is happening i think the only issue that janet had with that is she should have addressed it and i think that that's sometimes what celebrities do they they think well if i don't if i don't 
talk about it or if I don't right. address the specific it'll rumor or elephant away. in the room, right, it'll just go away. I know that my fans know me and they know that I would never do something like that. But girl, that's not what happened. Right. Gossip. So I I think that that was her issue is just not addressing the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she really feels like herself and really just breaks out of her shell in 1985 when her Control album comes out. And listen, y'all, I am all for this Control album, too, because... It's just my shit. Um, I actually, after watching this documentary, I went on a little Janet um, Jackson kick for like two days and just listened to her for two days straight. That's all I wanted to listen to. And I was actually surprised that I know a lot of her songs. And I give all props to my parents because, listen, I was born in 95. All this stuff is way before my time. And your girl still knows every single word to majority of Janet Jackson's songs and their fire. Um she wins so many awards with her control album. I think it's honestly just because like just even the song control, like if you listen to the lyrics, it talks about how like, you know, she was in control of her under control of her father. Like she was, she was basically told what to say, told what to dress, you know, told what to wear, all this other stuff. Um, and now she gets to, you know, see. Yeah. Um, so the thing that I really liked about that is that, or that I didn't know, um, was that Paula Abdul was the choreographer for Janet Jackson. Like that was such a mind blowing moment for me. Yes. Because I just consider Paula Abdul as like that bitch as well. And I just, I think about like all of her songs, like the straight up song that is like iconic by Paula Abdul. I was like, what? Yes. This girl that made straight up is the same girl that choreographed or choreographed Choreographed. control. And I I was mind blown. And you know, it was just so heartwarming for me too, to see like how emotional Paula Abdul got when she was talking about how like honored she was that Janet like called her and asked for her to choreograph or choreograph. (laughs) I don't know what tangent I was going off. Choreographer, choreograph. I was going down (laughs) the wrong train, but I just loved it. it. It was just such a full circle moment for me. I loved it. Yes, I loved that too. Um, also because she also talked about how um, Janet Jackson is very, and maybe this is why I relate to Janet Jackson so much, is because like she, like I, I can be very quiet. I could be very introverted. And I yeah. feel like Janet Jackson is very quiet. She's very introverted. And even Paula Abdul said that like she was almost like shocked. Yeah. And she said that she was very timid and very quiet and mm-hmm. to herself. And she had to like break her out of that shell. Like I feel like that's literally me and like my personality. Like I'm very quiet and timid to myself in the beginning. Yeah. Once I get to know you, then I'll burst out. And, I, you know. I agree. Yeah. 100%. I think that, you know, some of that had to do with her dad, though, and the way yes. that she was brought up. Like, she essentially didn't feel like she had a voice. So even the fact that she got away from him and wasn't being managed by him, she didn't know how to necessarily still navigate through life without being timid or still not knowing how to do all of that stuff. So it was very interesting to see just because also thinking about Janet Jackson and today you would never think that she was shy because you just think right. that like she's literally an icon. She's like a sex a icon. Badass yes. bitch. So thinking that someone she's like 
shy. Yes. And like it, quiet it's and timid. Wild. It's like, no, she's not. But you know what? Like, I think about that too. This is me going back to RuPaul because I love him so much. Is he says that a lot too. Yeah. He's like, you know, honestly, when I'm not RuPaul the drag queen, when I'm just RuPaul Charles, RuPaul Andre Charles, like in male form, I don't, I'm actually very shy and I'm very introverted and talking to people is a lot for me. But when I get into the persona of RuPaul the mm-hmm. drag queen, I feel like that girl. Like I yeah. feel like a literal like icon. And yeah. I, I think that we can all kind of relate to that a little bit. I was just going to say that. Like I almost like relate to that like in a work perspective yeah. because like I, y'all, I hate public speaking. Like I hate, I, I don't, hate, I love I it. I hate it so much. I hate getting up in front of people, book reports, whatever. Yeah. I'm going last. <laughs> I'm not going oh, no. first. Give I'm me, not volunteering to go, go first. first and then nope. drop the mic. Nope, nope, nope. I, that's not me. I'm like, I'll go like second or third to last. Like yeah. I just don't like pers- like public speaking like I get nervous my hands get clammy I feel like I talk too fast because I'm just trying to get everything out <laughs> and over with but then when I'm at work you guys like I have to talk to these parents or I have to put on like a presentation yeah. I'm just like like it's like I'm a whole new different Janae like yeah. you would never think that I'm quote unquote shy yeah. or introverted mm-hmm. if that makes sense but then I'm like this is my fucking job I gotta do it like yeah. it pays the bills yeah absolutely <laughs> so, makes sense I guess um so, yes, back to Janet. So, she gets married to then Renee. I don't know that. how to pronounce his last name. Let's just say Renee E because yeah. the way that you have to pronounce the last name is a struggle for me. So, right. Renee. Yes, she marries Renee or she gets into a relationship with Renee. She ends up marrying him. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure. But, yeah, she gets into a relationship with him first. Um, and then he helps her make the Rhythm Nation um, tour album, tour and album, per se. Mm-hmm. Um, and all these sponsorships. And then he was also helping her. What was he helping her with? He was helping her with. Um, that's when she got into um, poetic justice. Po- yeah. I couldn't. I, I don't know why, even though it's right in front of me. I'm like, couldn't get it out for some reason with Tupac. And I, I love Janet Jackson and poetic yeah. justice. Well, I think kind of if we rewind a little bit the reason why she did poetic justice is because she got that sponsorship like you said with Mm coca-cola and she was getting ready to sign like the pen and paper to the dotted lines but that's when the whole situation with michael jackson happened with his sexual assault yes and so which i actually didn't know and i was really proud that she mentioned it on the show too is that i don't think we knew that just because the Michael Jackson situation obviously happened to him, it also had blowback on literally every other Jackson too, because if Michael Jackson is doing this, then you could just assume that his family knew or they were also involved in some capacity. Yeah. So that's why Coca-Cola actually decided to not do the deal with her, Mm -hmm. which was kind of shitty because Again, this is like kind of even going back to the last episode when we were talking about Emmett Till and the wrongdoings of his dad. Right. Essentially being guilty by association. That's what happened for Janet. And so as a way for Janet to kind of really rebuild herself after this Coca-Cola deal went south. Yeah. She went into acting and that's how she got.
got into Poetic Justice. Yes. And like I said, I love her in Poetic Justice. They are even saying how like her and Tupac had chemistry. And I see that 110%. Like I'm, I'm there. Janet I'm Jackson living for it. And Tupac is like a crack for me. And I'm pretty sure it's a crack for Jada Pinkett Smith because we knew that <laughs> they, they had like a little thingiana going on back right. in the day before she married Will Smith. So... Hopefully Jade is okay after that little <laughs> discovery. <laughs> right. But no, like that's also when they um, introduce like Regina King and how it's like they feel like in a way that um, Janet like paved the way yeah. for all of these other black um, female actresses and things like that. Yeah. Um, and that was her first time acting too, right? Well, um, no, she did like before that, like, before she even decided to start recording her first album. Yeah, she did, she did do like, um, Good Times good and time, Fame. You're right, that's the other... I forgot to talk about that. She did do Good Times, and she also did Really Badass and Good and good Times. Yeah. And they talked about that mm-hmm. because she was playing a abused, abused child. child. Yes. Ooh, the triggers Exactly, yes. And she did so good. And she was young, too. Mm-hmm. Like, she was a child in that. So just... Off the bat, you could tell she was very talented. Yeah. Um, and they even... I think it was the director... Of the of good times, they also interviewed him, and they were like saying how he was saying like off the bat, like they knew Janet was the one for the part, like mm-hmm. they didn't want to give it to anybody else. She was it. She yeah. was the it girl. Um, they also dressed her up like a little black Shirley Temple too. I remember seeing that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, <laughs> y'all y'all doing the most for this poor little black girl. Like I'm so sorry, Janet. Yeah. Um, but yes, that's when she taps into her grown and sexy yeah. um, woman phase, oh. and I. I love it. Like, especially, I'm glad that you wrote here on the notes, but that Rolling Stones cover where she is topless, listen. It's literally iconic. Listen. Like, she's everything in that picture. Everything. Mm -hmm. Absolutely everything. And if you think about it, like, yeah, she did, in a way, essentially pave the way for all these other black artists. Because you think about it, like, I think of Meg The Stallion, like, all these other artists and women these days that are out here. They're sexual icons. Yeah. Um, like, Janet, I feel like, is, like, the number one. Like, she was the one to kind of do it first, if that makes sense. I, I agree. I think that, honestly, even for, really, regardless of any type of ethnicity, I think that she's the girl that kind of made it allowable to be this sexually mm-hmm. fluid and open on TV and on magazine covers. And she did a really great job because I think about... Just like even Lady Gaga and yes. I think of Beyonce Nicki and I Minaj. think about Yeah, like all these these people that are in today's pop quote Britney Spears, like all these people that are pop icons mm-hmm. and our icons today, I think really got some of their influence from Janet Jackson herself. Yes. She was just that bitch. Like, I don't know. I mean, she still is. She's still, like, she very well still is, but it's just like I don't know. I didn't, I didn't, I don't feel like I realized how much of an icon she was back then. Yeah. And I mean, like even seeing her do the documentary mm -hmm. was mind blowing because I was like, you got, first of all, lifetime, you don't have the coin that Janet Jackson (laughs) needs for her to sit down and talk to y'all about her family. But exactly. I was blown away because I was like, oh, Janet Jackson don't have time. Like Mm -hmm. 
Mavis is busy. Yeah, she's real busy. Um, but even go, even, she even talked about how like sometimes she hasn't even seen her see her own brothers or her own family, mm-hmm. or it's been years since she's seen her brothers. And I thought that was so sad. It break. It, oh, it really like broke my heart. Yeah, it broke my heart too because she was even saying that I think it was like her and Michael were close, and it was it her and Randy. Mm-hmm. She was very close with Randy. Yeah, they and, were like the three amigos. Mm-hmm. She said. Yeah, and like you know they just slowly started like falling apart which is very sad because it's like your family like it's not like you're just a friend it's like oh hey i'll talk to you later. like your family yeah you know like i essentially think of it like as of like me and you like if i was to move like in a completely different state like shit that'd suck because i wouldn't see you all the time uh, but best believe i'd be calling your ass like every other day yeah you know? it, it does make me really sad too because like i even in the part i don't remember what part this was in but when she was saying that there was like a difference between her yes. and michael and it might have been like right during the whole sexual assault case that had came out yeah but she said you know she was in a room and he like mm-hmm. opened the door and he looked at her and then he just like left and she felt like they were almost competing at a point because mm-hmm. he had just like released his bad album and she was doing Rhythm Nation and she was like, you know, it just felt like I was competing against him and I right. I I didn't have a relationship With or the my same brother. dynamic relationship that I typically have and I just can't That's so sad to me. Yeah, it really, it really like, breaks my heart. It was almost like because Michael's so successful and I'm trying to be successful too. Yeah. Like we can't be together. Like, like we, we can't, can't be successful be, together. Yeah, we can't be like even though they're siblings. Like right. essentially exactly. like, so weird. Like we can't be like, you know, seen together or we can't be doing anything together because you're my competitor. Yeah. That's basically how it was, but just in like a music standpoint. And just like not talking to someone for an extended time that is your sibling, like it just hits different. Like, yes. It's really wild to me when I have people that say that they don't, they don't talk to their siblings siblings. that much. Like they don't talk to their siblings on like a weekly basis because I talked to you, Janae. Listen. <laughs> multiple times during the week. So, yes. Changing that dynamic. Oh, it just really and our kills conversations me. are at least 20 minutes long. Yeah. If not and longer. You know, it's so crazy, too, just because, like, growing up, we didn't have this relationship, right? Nope. Like, just because we are six years apart. And what do I have in common as a 13 year old and my sister? is seven Seven, like what what are we going to talk about or even like when i was 18 and you were 12 like 18 i'm an adult and i don't have anything to talk to you about when you're a preteen yeah but now you really are like one of my best friends and i talk to you all the time so just seeing like how we weren't close but now we are close and the ultimate gag is like our parents always said that growing up, like you and your brother, you and your sister, You're you guys need to be best friends. Right, you guys need to be close. And I was like, that's not going to happen. Right. Like, I know what you're saying, but what's actuality mm-hmm. is we are not going to be friends. Exactly. And it's wild to me that now that I guess our parents were right <laughs> because we are as thick as thieves. Yes, we are. <laughs> For road dog, um, but yes, back to Janet. So let's finish this up real quick. I'm like, okay, but I actually did not get to end the Janet Jackson um, oh. documentary, and the reasons why is because <laughs> my lovely fiance wanted to watch something else, and it expired like on a Tuesday. Yeah. And this, 
and he decided to ask me on a Wednesday, oh, did you finish watching the Janet Jackson documentary? And I just like glared at him and I was yeah. like, no, I didn't because it expired yesterday and you wanted to watch something else. Yeah. But whatever, I still feel like I fulfilled my Janet Jackson moment. And I think I, that's where I stopped okay. is right where she got to the, the um, grown and sexy part, the grown and sexy part. But when she went on tour, her oh, album, yeah. her, your favorite album came out. And she Listen, went on tour. my, okay. So this is why it's like my favorite album. So when I was probably, I don't know, seven, six, whenever the Velvet Rope tour came out on HBO, this is how old this shit is. My dad <laughs> recorded it on a VHS. Bitch, yes. And I watched the hell out of that VHS. <laughs> I would watch it forwards, backwards. <laughs> Bitch, I knew the setup. I knew the cadence. I knew which was coming. I knew what was coming out first. Velvet Rope was the introduction song. I just knew. It was like little mask moment. Oh, I knew all of it. I knew that damn tour frontwards and backwards. I'm fucking but weak. That's why I love Velvet Rope. It's just because my dad, I guess, in a way, introduced me to Janet Jackson in her prime. And I absolutely love that damn tour. I wish I could actually buy the fucking tour on iTunes or DVD or something, but you can't. And I'm really mad about it. But yeah, that's kind of like the introduction of Janet Jackson's sexy portion. Then... After she does Velvet Rope tour, she breaks up with Renee, um, and I was actually kind of glad that she broke up with him because it kind of seemed, you kind of get a little bit of glimpses during Rhythm Nation when they were doing rehearsals of how controlling and invested he yes. was in the relationship and just of Janet Jackson. He would even say things like, I'm an extension of Janet Jackson. Like I own her or some bullshit like that. And I was like, no, you you're, don't. you're literally a film editor and you have a fucking camera. That's what you are to <laughs> Janet Jackson. So when they ended or when they broke up, he wanted lots of money. Like he wanted basically half of everything that she had because he essentially was married to Janet Jackson and he makes it, or he made it seem like he, created Hated Janet her, Jackson, yeah. which was created her image. Yeah, which was not the T at all. Hmm. Um but after they break up, I also thought it was really weird that they or Renee recorded Janet Jackson for ten years. That is like the and not just like recorded I'm talking about recorded as like he recorded her ass on a video camera yeah. for 10 years. I thought that was really weird. I don't know. It gave me creepy controlling vibes. But after she leaves Renee's ass, she decides to start dating the one, the only, Jermaine Dupree, who is like probably the ugliest man I've ever seen in my life. He like looks like a gargoyle. Like oh my he God, No, actually he looks like Quasimodo like from The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Like oh he God. is hideous. Oh god, he's ugly. Um and I just, I stand 10 toes down. I think that he is probably the ugliest man that Janet Jackson ever dated. But they, I guess they dated and Jermaine Dupri talks about how lovely their relationship was. But this was also a time, a pivotal time in Janet Jackson's career because when she was dating Jermaine Dupri, this is also the time where the whole Super Bowl situation happened between Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake. And Janet Jackson actually mentions that she was never mad at Justin, even though the world was mad at Justin, Justin. Timberlake. Because I just, listen, I don't think I'll ever understand like why you decided to pull her, like her 
her costume that she had on to reveal a nipple cover and for people to say that it was intentional because she had a nipple cover on is like it's beyond me no it's just beyond me so i and then just like all the flack that she got behind that and justin timberlake didn't get any flack at all he didn't get any negativity or bad press as a matter of fact I remember in specifics when this happened, the Super Bowl situation happened that Sunday. And then the following Sunday was the Grammys. And Justin Timberlake was still allowed to go to the Grammys. And Janet Jackson was not. They actually disinvited her from the Grammys. See. Because they said it would be a negative look or a, a negative idea to have her to still come. And I thought that was the biggest crack of shit. But, um... During this time, this is also when Tyler Perry, the one, the only, sought out Janet and he had her do Why Did I Get Married and Why Did I Get Married Too. He was actually the, she said he was actually the first person to give her a actual salary that was comparable. So... I Tyler Perry got that coin. I was just about to say, I was like, that sounds like to me that was the nicest way of her saying that she got some really nice quaint for doing. Why did I get married and why did I get married too? Why did I get married too always makes me kind of sad watching because yes, me too. this is when she was doing Why Did I Get Married Too is when Michael Jackson died. And she still continued to do Why Did I Get Married Too? And I think you can kind of tell in some of the scenes Mm -hmm. the hurt or the pain behind her, her acting. And it, it just really, really makes me sad every time I watch it. But she, when she's talking about, when Janet is talking about Michael Jackson's passing and all of the things she's with her mom and she asks her mom, like, would you like to talk about Michael or would you like to talk about any of the details? And her mom was like, no, I actually don't feel comfortable talking about it. It still makes me sad to this day. And it, oh, that crushed me so so much. But this is still when she's still fucking married to Jermaine Dupree. But they end up breaking (laughs) up because Jermaine Dupree cheated on Janet Jackson which is also wild as hell to me because she's Janet Jackson, right. like one of the most beautiful women in the entire world. And you are one of the ugliest men in the entire world. And you cheated on her. But he was saying that when he was with Janet, a lot of women would actually go up to him and hit on him and flirt with him. And he felt like it was because he was with Janet Jackson mm-hmm. that she created more of this this need for him and I was like oh no absolutely I just when I saw y'all together I was like Janet Jackson is just she's a forgiving soul she's a nice girl because Jermaine Dupri just didn't do it for me back then today and in the future but yeah they broke up and the docu-series kind of ends after that really after that she talks about her son and then that's the series it was really that afterwards she talks about her son and 
they just ride off and gallop into the sunset. I just know that Janet Jackson is still that bitch, and I loved the docuseries. I give it, you said you gave it a, like, an 8.5? Yeah, I gave it an 8.5, and that's uh, only just because I didn't get to finish it. Yeah, I would I would say 8 point, well, no, I would give it an 8. I would give it an 8. I'll land on an 8 just because I wanted them to drag Joe Jackson in this docuseries. <laughs> yeah. And they didn't do that. Yeah, I know. I think she definitely wanted to keep it respectable yeah. in a sense just mm-hmm. because that's her father. Yeah. Like, I get that, you know, even though he did, like, honestly, like, work them mm-hmm. to the bone. To the bone, yo, to the yo, yo. bone, y'all. And she was just so pretty. Like, even just as a little girl, like, she was just so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Just so beautiful, so joyful and spirited, all that stuff. But yep. I love a good Janet. Me too. That's the way love goes. Janet, who sings that song? That's the way love goes. That's Janet. So let her sing it. Okay, you need to <laughs> shut up. Okay, we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to answer the question of the week. Question of the week. At the segment of doing our question of the day. And this time, the question of the day is going to be presented by none other than Janae herself. Hello, hello, hello. And is it question of the day or question of the week or just question of the question of the It's question of the week. I don't know what the fuck I was talking okay. about. Okay. Because I was like, oh, question of the day. Okay. I mean, we're not doing a podcast every day, so no. there's that. Maybe if it's paying the bills, but... Hello. <laughs> okay, so my question of the week is, what is your favorite Disney animated movie? My favorite is... Actually, it's kind of like a three-way tie. Okay, you're, you're top three then, I guess. <laughs> I guess we can do that. So, my, I guess my ultimate favorite, I don't know, that's hard, because I love all three of them for three different reasons, so I'll just say it. So, the first one is The Little Mermaid. Okay. And it's not because of Ariel. It's because of Ursula. Um, you absolutely know it. She was the baddest mm-hmm. bitch in the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was a big bitch. She was an octopus. She had like this very like lesbian haircut. She had two sidekicks that were eels. She was she was it for me. Like she was it for me. I love her so much. Love her down. And I just loved her so much when I was growing up. I feel like I really only watched The Little Mermaid because of Ursula. I didn't really fucking care about Ariel. No. Or Sebastian. (laughs) Um, So that's my first one. My second one is The Lion King, just because it's The Lion King. And um, also because of the villain in that one, it was Scar. And I just feel like he was very misunderstood. And he, he honestly, it was just, he was scary. He was very manipulative. Okay. Um, I feel like his, his moment when he killed Mufasa was iconic. It's his own brother though. I just, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't look at it like that. I just looked at it like he was the brother that was always kind of on the back burner. And he was like, okay, look, I need to rise to the occasion. So I'm just going to have to kill my brother 
and become the king. And I'm (laughs) going to do everything in my power to manipulate the narrative to make it seem like I am the king. So I love that. And then my third one, this is probably just like my favorite one because I played the fuck out of it when I was a kid. And it's Rescuers from Down Under when... It is the little kid who's in Australia and he ends up getting kidnapped by that poacher guy and he has a friend that's like a golden eagle and that bitch is huge Hmm. and there's all these little like animals in there. There's like a seagull that is learning how to fly, but then he, like, throws out his back. It's just a moment for me. I love that movie so much. The second version... Actually, I think there's a version before. It's just called The Rescuers, but it's like in the 1950s. But the one that I like is from the 1990s, and I love it so much. So Rescuers from Down Under is my favorite, but Hmm. I don't know. There's really, I mean, the villain in that one is just the poacher guy, so I didn't really live for him. But he had this, like, lizard like it was a monitor who was like his sidekick and I loved him so much too. He like ate these eggs, these eagle eggs, and it just cracks me up. I love that movie so much. So there's my three that I love so much from a Disney perspective. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. Cause I honestly don't remember that third one, the rescuers. From Down you need to look it up because it's good. Maybe I it's the best it one. It's the best Disney movie. But I just don't remember you playing it. Like, did we have some VHS? Yes. Oh. And here's, this is why I'm really like, I really loved it because I remember when we were younger, mom, I think she came to your ass and this mm-hmm. is where I'm, my, <laughs> my blood is starting to boil. Oh my God. And she was like, okay, Put all the Disney movies in this box that you do not want, and your fucking ass. Oh, I put, put it in there. Yes. Oh. You didn't even check with me. <laughs> it's, it's not funny. I'm really mad. I'm sorry. I had to wait until I moved out of the house to okay. fr- because first of all, you can't find the bitch on VHS, so I had to find it on DVD. Right. And it wasn't in DVD. It wasn't at Target. It wasn't at Walmart. It wasn't at none of those places. I had to look on Amazon, and I paid. Like thirty dollars for the shit. Okay. You don't even care. I don't. I mean, I do, but I don't. Janae, it's the but best I... Disney movie in the world. Okay. Anyways, my turn. Yeah. Let's okay. hear these. Let's hear these Disney. I feel like I actually had to look up like Disney, the like actual Disney animated movies because I get that there's so many, and you just did your top three, and I was gonna go into this like just talking kind of about one. So now do I'm like, your one. Now no, I'm do like, your no. one. I'm like, I gotta have my top three. No, you can do your one. I mean, you're not a real Disney fan like I am. I am a real Disney fan. First of all, mm. I just didn't really realize how many movies well, were Disney. You didn't know about. Rescuers from Down Under, and that's the most iconic one. Uh, okay. Anyways, so my number one um, Disney animated movie for me, like my favorite, is gonna be Mulan. I knew it. I How did fucking you know? knew it because when we <laughs> lived in Missouri, that's all you played. Like that is all Mulan you fucking played. is my girl. Listen, listen. You know I. 
I like Mulan. Like she's Mul- she's cute. No, yeah, Mulan was my shit, and it just for me it was like more of like because like if you think about it, like all the um, I mean they're coming up more with like different. I feel um, like I know where you're going on this one. Disney animated like woman movies, like where the woman doesn't have to be saved by a man and blah 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 blah. It's like, like woman empowerment. Exactly that part. Like Mulan was the only like Disney princess back then that like stood out to me, and she wasn't like you know in a freaking princess dress and doing. She all didn't this. need no motherfucking man. Right. A man needed her ass. <laughs> Basically, like she was like going to war and fighting for people. Yeah. Um, and for like her family and things like that, and so I thought she was bad ass and i just thought like i don't know i just think it's so intense it was such an intense like disney animated movie especially especially when like they're in like the what is it they're like there's like a parade or something bitch i was scared oh my god and like that fucking like guy like that had like the patch or like the scar over his eye and he had the eagle yeah. You know who I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. He had, like, barely, like, any hair. Like, or his, like, hair was, like, ripped off or something. <laughs> Anyways, he was scary as hell to me. And to me, I was like, wow, look at Mulan fighting this big-ass fool, like, you know. Yeah. Just here to save the day. But, yeah, no, he was scary. And just all their little, like, fights and battles I thought were pretty good. Like, when they were throwing, like, just the arrows. Like, it was just, like, raining arrows. Mm-hmm. People were just getting stuck here and there. Oh, my God. Anyways. But, yeah, Mulan. His name was Lee Shang. Lee Shang was fucking scary. But I also think that we need to remember that Mushu, Mushu. was iconic. Yes, Mushu, who was played by, was it, is it Eddie Murphy? You got it. Okay, I was going to say, I was like, it was Eddie Murphy, right? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it was Eddie Murphy. It was him. Um, but yeah, Eddie Murphy um, and Mushu, um, he was definitely iconic. I feel like between him, wait, because... Yeah, because he's also Donkey, too, in Shrek, right? Yes. So I feel like between those two characters, like, he does so well in, like, between being Donkey and Shrek, which is also another iconic, um, I feel like, character um, played by him, and then, like, Mulan and him being Mushu. So I Um, definitely got the motherfucking villain's name wrong in Mulan. His name was Sean Yu. He had that fucking, like, falcon thingy with him. Sean Yu. Yep, that was his name. All right. But yeah, that's my number one OG. I knew it. I motherfucking um, knew it. Mulan. And you know, my favorite part of Mulan is when she goes to meet the matchmaker and her cricket, like, jumps out of her little cage yes. and into the little Like, tea. it's like it's tea. Yeah. Yes. That's my favorite to part. To me, no. You know what's one of my favorite parts? I think it's like her grandma and her or her mom. Someone was making her breakfast, and that shit looked look bomb. It looked like it, looked it was so bussing. bomb. I was like, ooh, I don't know what that is, but I want all of it. <laughs> like, please, like, feed me. Feed me. But then I also thought it was funny, too. Like, I think it's in the beginning like, where she's getting, like, all done up, and like yeah. she has to, like, take the bath, and they're, like, doing her makeup and all this other stuff, yeah. like, trying to make her look, quote, unquote, pretty. Like a um, woman. Yes, like a woman. Um, another one of my favorites is, and these are two older ones, um, is going to be Dumbo. I oh. really like Dumbo. Wow. I mean, that one's okay. I like Dumbo. I mean, I love elephants, love them down. I know you do. But I feel like you need to be on drugs, like all of the drugs to watch that because... I think about the Dumbo scene, like when he's blowing the bubbles and then those bubbles come to motherfucking life in their <laughs> elephant. Oh, I was like, what in the upside down am I watching right now? But no, I liked Dumbo. I thought Dumbo was another one of my faves. I'm pretty sure we had that on VHS too. We did. I just, and I don't know. 
I liked the live action film more. Honestly, and I was going to bring that up too. I liked, I really, really liked the live action Dumbo too. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it was. Like, I don't know if it's just because like it's more live action, but I feel like live action can go both ways. Like you can either love it or hate it. And that was one that I loved. Loved it. And maybe it's just because like in the Dumbo animated film, Dumbo doesn't talk at all. And I mean, he doesn't talk in the live action, but there's more of like a Mm storyline in the animated film. It's just the fucking mouse that's talking. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) Um, And I feel like it's short with the Dumbo live action. There's like a storyline, there's characters, there's all of this stuff. So I, I agree with you on that one, but I agree also that you said like live action can go one way or another because Unpopular opinion. I hated the Aladdin animated. I mean, the live action. Aladdin. Aladdin hated it. Hated it. I don't even hated think it. I watched hated it all. It. Well, you didn't miss anything. And I, did you watch Mulan? Yeah. Oh, I don't. I didn't watch all that either. I liked that one. Yeah. Okay. I See? mean, but and also I liked the live action um, Beauty and the Beast. Did you like that? I agree. Yeah. I liked that one too. See, so yeah, they can definitely go either way. Like it's either you love it or you hate it. Um, it's never like a really in between. Yeah. Um, my last one I was going to bring up is, and which I'm surprised you didn't bring up. Um, I'm scared. I think I know what you're going to say. And if you are, you're really my sibling. Tell what? me. Tell me. Peter Pan. No. Wow. No. What? What were you going to say? I thought you were going to say 101 Dalmatians. Well, that too. Bitch. The but live Peter, ac- actually the live action or the animated was, was say, it for me? Yeah, I was gonna say both of those were definitely it for me, and I'm pretty sure we had the live action on DVD. We did, um, because yeah, we really really liked that. But Peter Pan, I also really really liked Peter Pan. Um, I mean, yeah, I I, I obviously land. like it because all of my my pets are named that after Peter Pan. That is very true, and that's why I was also like shocked. <laughs> I was like, you didn't bring this one up. Like this was not in your top three. Like my like what the fuck? Like no, you got Tinkerbell, Ace. I have Teddy. Teddy. Like, I had Rufio. R.I.P. Rufio. But like, yeah. Tiger Lily, Tiger Lily is your cat and yeah. Captain. Like, and what captain. the fuck, Dante? No, no, that, no. Okay, listen, listen here. Peter Pan's your top three. Okay, no, it's not. It is in your top it's three. Not. The fact that you have fucking animals named after Peter Pan, that's one of your favorites. I don't want to hear it. Don't argue with me. It's my my third alternate. Okay. It's, it's not meeting the top three though. Um, but yeah, no, I really liked, really, really liked Tinkerbell. Um, she was my bitch, especially since she didn't like technically talk. Yeah. And, but she was like giving all the attitude. But that kind of goes back to a live action. Unpopular opinion again. I, I did not. Hated yeah, I did not like the live movie. <laughs> hated it. Hated it. Hated it. But isn't there also a Peter Pan? There's a live action Peter Pan. Oh, I've never seen that one. No? There, I'm pretty sure. I, I think it's like just called either. Pan. Pan. Yeah. yeah, I think that's what it is. I didn't like that. And yeah, I th- I'm... Mm. Another story. Yeah. <laughs> but I, yeah. I didn't like that. Um, but also just in general, some of my other favorites, you know, some... What would you say? These are like runner-ups. Yeah. <laughs> Tarzan. Oh, I hate Tarzan. What the hell, Dante? I hate that Disney movie. You are movie. tripping. You were, he's but, tripping, y'all. But the live action, it's pretty good. Yeah, I like the live but action. Not, but it's not really like Disney-esque. It's like Tarzan meets action yeah. meets real life meets this yeah. is not for motherfucking kids. Um, And then an- 
another runner-up was Hercules. <gasps> oh my gosh, I love Hercules. Yeah. Hercules, listen, Hercules is music. It's the music. It is the music. Oh my god. It's yes. the, this is how much the music is it for me. Like when the songs start coming on, I need to sing yes. them. I need to like sing. Like you're tapping your foot. Girl, yes. Like oh. you, you can't sit still. Yes. You cannot it sit still. It is the music. Yes. It was and it was just I don't know. It was the black music for me. That's right, what it was. because it sounded like honestly like a church choir. Oh, it absolutely like was like a black church choir. So mm. yeah, Hercules mm. was mine. Was Hercules? I'm trying to think. Is it even on here? Oh yeah, I found it. Came out in 1997. Hercules. Yes. Hercules. Hercules. I loved everything. I loved Hercules. Yeah. I loved Phil. Mm-hmm. I loved Hades. Hades was my motherfucking man. <laughs> I know. Oh, the freaking like of course because he's a freaking villain villain Dante. Yes, he he, he was the villain. Yeah. But Hercules, that was my shit. I loved Hercules. That was my fate. But yeah, that was really all of our Disney movies. I mean, we gave you a full rundown today. We really did, honestly. I loved it though. Good. But yeah, that concludes our episode of Breaking It All the Way Down. And actually, before I end, I just wanted to say that, you know, I am super thankful for all of the listeners, followers that we have. Yes. It is extremely overwhelming. I have received numerous messages from people that I know, people that I do not know, that have really grown to appreciate what me and my sister have been doing on this platform that is a podcast. Mm -hmm. And it's just really, it, it makes me like really happy and it warms my heart you know we have listeners that are in indiana and i don't know not one person that lives in indiana so right just getting that that i guess validation from someone that is in indiana and another person that's in alaska we have representation in connecticut like we have so many people that listen to our podcast and it just is really really heartwarming and i want to say thank you so much thank you please continue to listen tell your friend your co-worker your family all of those people about our podcast and continue to listen and don't forget to like or subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Um, follow us on Breaking It All the Way Down on our Instagram. You can even send us an email at breaking it all the way down at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And with that being said, I think I'm done. Did you have anything, sister? Um, actually, I did. Oh, I have a surprise. Hell. You have a surprise. I have a surprise for you, Dante. I don't know if I like them. I have a little trivia surprise for you. Like, I'm going to ask you some questions, and if you get more, if you get four out of the five or more of them read, like, correct, I'll give you a gift card. Oh, my. What is it? These are just questions that, like, I saw on the internet, and I'm like, ooh, do I? I think you'll know them. Are these questions about you? No. They're, like, questions about, like, movies. Oh, I'm about to ace this shit, then. (laughs) I'm about to win. (laughs) Okay. Oh, so if it was about me, you wouldn't ace this shit? I would fail. (laughs) Dante. Okay, are you ready? I'm about to win. Are you ready? First question. Okay. Which country does Forrest Gump travel to as part of the All-American ping pong team? Is it A, Vietnam? Vietnam. 
You even let me finish. Okay, finish Dante, the rest. Vietnam, B, China, C, Sweden, or D, France. Wait, that he travels to mm-hmm. China. Correct. Yep. Wow. Okay. I'm okay. telling you, I'm I'm getting this. Okay. Freddy Krueger's Freddy Krueger wears a striped sweater that has which colors? Red. No, let me. Do you want Dante? <laughs> God damn it! Oh God! Let okay. me finish. Uh-huh. Um, red and blue, orange and green, red and green, or orange and brown. Y'all, I'm winning this. It's the last one, orange and brown. Ah. Wait, hold on. <laughs> Give me the answers again. Because you're trying to trip your I'm boy. really not. Is it red and blue? No. Orange and green? No. Red and green or orange and brown? What is the answer? Red and green. That's a motherfucking lie. You better look it up. I'm Janae. Anyway. Where's the green? So Freddy Krueger, his stripes are red and green. Where did you get these answers from? Dante, it's true. No. I don't know what Freddy Krueger you're watching. Janae. Look, show, me the, show me the receipts. Dante. Wait, where? That is red and green. That's that definitely, is black as hell. But that's definitely not fucking orange and brown. Okay. It's closer. <laughs> no, Janae, no. no I won that one. Up. I won that no, one. No, you got you to post that on our Instagram now. That, Y'all, I am. No. no. <laughs> orange and green. Red and green. No. There's Dante, no show absolute me, way show in me. hell. Let me see it. There's not. Let me see. No. Why are you scrolling so much? Because you can't find anything other than Look at fucking that shit. Look at that Dante. shit. Dante. Look at that, that shit. Yeah. That's green That's and red. That's not motherfucking okay, green. Okay, you got the one wrong. Anyways, next question. Are you ready? Yeah. What was the top grossing movie of 2014? I'm going to give you oh, options. Listen, I'm going to give you I'm going to give you options. Listen. Shit. Y'all. It's getting hot in here. <laughs> Did you take a break? Yeah. Oh my god, no. We got this. Okay, ready? Mm-hmm. Hunger Games, Hunger Games, um Mockingbird Part 1. Uh-huh. The Lego Movie. Nope, not Captain that America. Shit. The Winter Soldier. Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> No, the fuck it couldn't. Who went to go see that bullshit? (laughs) Okay, option C was Captain America, Winter Soldier, Uh or Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't know. That's hard. Pick one. What was the first one again? Hunger Games Mockingbird Part 1. Yeah, okay. Not Lego. Okay. Lego's out the window. Captain America, Winter Soldier, or Guardians of the Galaxy. This is hard. I, I figured you'd have, you're going to have a hard time with this one. I'm going to guess on this one. Okay. Hunger Games? <laughs> what was it? Guardians of the Galaxy. Fuck that movie. You didn't like it? No, I did. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you just mad because you're losing? Yes. <laughs> I'm so bad. Okay, Dante. You shouldn't have asked me that one. I feel like this one, okay, this one you're going to get right. I know I am. If you don't, Dad's going to be disappointed. If you watch the Marvel movies in chronological order, which mm-hmm. movie should you watch first? Iron Man, Captain no. America, nope. the first Avenger, nope. Doctor Strange, nope. or Captain Marvel? Captain Marvel. <laughs> it's Captain Marvel. No. Yes, it is. This is how I know. So nope. it used to Listen, be. Hold on. I'm the about people to say you. the people say it should be, it Captain, should be Captain America. America, right? But 
Captain Marvel came out and then Captain Marvel is the one that you're supposed to watch first, then Captain America, then Iron Man. And then what was the other one? What was the last one? Doctor Strange. Oh, Doctor Strange is like way down the timeline. I think the next one after um, Iron Man is Thor. No, it's Iron Man 1, Iron Man 2, then Thor. I know this. It's definitely Captain Marvel. Actually, I think I even actually have a timeline in my photos that tells me that. Oh, my gosh, Dante. Okay, well, people say it technically should be Captain America, the first Avenger. They lied. So, are you ready for your last question? I'm looking this up. (laughs) Yep, I'm ready. You hear the fucking ticking in the background, you guys. Listen, because I know I'm right on this. Okay. Last question is... Are you ready, Dante? Yes. Okay, the last question is, which actor hasn't played the Joker? Okay, I'm going to get this are one right. Are you ready? I know I am. Jack Nicholson, Sean Penn, Ch- Jared Leteto, or Sher- Mark Sean Hamill? Penn. Sean Penn. Final <laughs> okay, answer. Okay, jeez. Yeah, you got the one right. I know I did. See, I knew you would do pretty good. Actually, I mean, but you technically only got two questions, right? Out you of can the five. go to hell. You can go straight Which to hell with I these. I thought you were going to get the Freddy Krueger one right and the... Freddy Krueger is red and black. Red and orange, orange and brown. What no, the fuck it's ever? It's not fucking orange and brown, first of all. Yes, it is. No, it's not. It is. It's red and green. I'm ready to fight. Okay, well. Is there anything else? Nope, those are all the questions. That was my little surprise for you. I'm mad. <laughs> Why are you mad? Because <laughs> I should have got all of them answers Okay, right. but you didn't, first of all. I'm upset. You did really go for a scum. Of course I did. <laughs> I got the rest of them right, too. No, you didn't. I know that Freddy Krueger is that color. No. His sweater is. And Guardians of the Galaxy one, you got wrong, too. Fuck that movie. You liked it, though, so shut up. Well, for this time being, I didn't. You didn't? Okay. All right. Well, you guys, that's all we have for you on this episode of Breaking It All the Way Down. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. (laughs)